Okay, just, th- just think about the Muslims at this moment who are blowing themselves up, okay, convinced that they are agents of God's will. There is absolutely nothing that Dr. Craig can, can say against their behavior in moral terms apart from his own faith-based claim that they're praying to the wrong God. Okay, if they had the right God, what they were doing would be good on divine command theory. Now, I'm obviously not saying that all that Dr. Craig or all religious people are psychopaths and psychotics, but this, to me, is the, is the true horror of religion. Okay, it allows perfectly decent and sane people to believe by the billions what only lunatics could believe on their own. Okay, if you wake up tomorrow morning thinking that saying a few Latin words over your pancakes is going to turn them into the body of Elvis Presley, okay, you have lost your mind. Okay. But if you think more or less the same thing about a cracker and the body of Jesus, you're just a Catholic. Oh, yeah. Catholics are weird. They are. <laughs> I mean, they're eating some guy's dead body every Sunday in their mind. Yeah, I wonder. I don't think very many Catholics actually think about that when they're doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, The whole point is that they're blessing the Eucharist. And and it's supposed to actually turn into the flesh of Jesus Christ, and the wine is supposed to actually be his yeah. blood. I mean, is there a kid going, yippee, I got a toe. <laughs> oh, today's Sunday, I get to go and be fucking cannibal. <laughs> you know what's pretty funny is uh, I was having a conversation with someone, and we are talking about Cuba and opening the embargo, and they were saying how uh, they still actually practice voodoo down there in the mall. Well, you guys practice voodoo too. Your voodoo is just different. <laughs> yeah, you you well, mumble different things and have different dances, but is it's voodoo all... from Haiti anyway. I think voodoo is from Haiti. Yeah. But well, they Africa, but I mean through Haiti. I don't know. Maybe it's in Cuba, but I don't know where the I don't know where the voodoo. I think began. they practice like different forms of like Santeria, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Common in South America. Yeah, from what I hear. Well, welcome to the Godless Revolution, everybody. I'm Dan. Oh, yeah. I'm Ryan. That's Meow and Matt. <laughs> and we have Tamel in studio with us tonight. I am Bizzle. T. Bizzle. <laughs> <laughs> is this your, T. Bizzle. Is this your third time actually like being in the studio this with us? third time in studio, nice. and what a fine studio it is. Well, thank you. We've <laughs> made some improvements. improvements since last time you were here. Snellis International? Is we that what we settled on? Uh, I think, well... Maybe. I think uh, Tracy and I have decided on Heathen Hacienda as ah, okay. as the name of the location. Anyway. What about for the Sheathen guests? <sighs> They're still heathens. <laughs> I know you got to bring sex into it. Gosh. Yeah. Matt's always sexist. So we're really excited. We're going to have uh, the Satanic Temple spokesperson, Lucian Greaves, joining us here in just a little bit. Uh for those who are not aware, the Satanic Temple is doing some fantastic work, um, fucking amazing stuff. And I love I love listening to Lucian speak. He's an excellent orator. He writes very very well. He's very eloquent. Um, and they've just been doing some really amazing things with women's reproductive rights, with yeah. helping to protect children from corporal punishment in schools, mm-hmm. um, and and feeling and and filling. Uh, the perfect niche as far as pushing back against a lot of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act bullshit. They're they're using a religion to fight religion. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think sometimes that's a great example for believers 
and what it is that they're actually advocating for. They're fighting fire yeah. with hellfire. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I just thought of that. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's a good one. So You little devil you. Yeah. Not fuck no. I'm getting littler. I'm not little, but I'm getting littler. Uh, I've spent because you're a ginger. I've lost twelve. <laughs> I've lost twelve point four pounds. Really? Yeah. So while you're doing this whole weight loss challenge with the other, uh, the oh, fat is camp, that what that's about? Fat can camp. can oh. we send you stuff and force you to eat it? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> or is it only fat camp? I already fat camp. Participants are allowed to send food. I already do self sabotage every Wednesday with the with the beers and the pizza and the Cuba Libres, but okay, yeah. There's a lot of self sabotage happening already. Nobody I, else needs to sabotage. I'm me. sure we could convince a certain someone to drive down here with a smoker and have a giant feast in your front yard and say, "Dan, come get some good meat." Our our southern our South Canada yes, our, our South Canadian South, correspondent, our, yeah. Mr. Bob Henline. I don't know if Bob actually listens to the show. I think he just wants to come back on the show. I would I would have him back. Oh, he, sure. He likes to talk on the show, not, <laughs> not to listen. Not likes to, to it be necessarily. heard. We'll we'll figure it out. If he wants to Skype in sometime. Okay, quick. Nobody ever tag Bob in this or tell him that he's in it, and we'll just have to see if he actually listens. He probably will because we're going to be talking to Lucian. Uh, so. so if you're listening, Bob, this is your one-time offer. <laughs> if you want to be on the show again, <laughs> bring message ribs. us in the Facebooks or send us a personal email to golfrevolution at gmail.com. And tell us that you'll be bringing us some fabulous smoked, smoked meats. meats. <laughs> and that awesome mac and cheese. Yes. That was really good. It was. Yeah, that was good. Mm. From scratch? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, bacon. Like my mother makes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was delicious stuff. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, get Doug on the line here. And we'll be right back. Yay! Yes. Yeah, we can hear you really well, Doug. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing really well, man. Long time no chat. Yes, but I'm always around. <laughs> Hell yeah, you are. You fuck. You're everywhere, man. You're all over the interwebs doing yeah. interviews with Salon, HuffPo, Slate, NBC, ABC. You're all over the place, man. Did Huffington Post run something today? I don't know about today, but I know I've seen stuff in the past with from HuffPo with you in it. Oh, okay. I'm particularly thinking of this week because I thought this this week would have uh, more media for us, actually, with the lawsuit in mm. Missouri. We got some significant press, but I think there's uh, a lot more to come as people realize this is progressing forward. Oh, yeah. Well, it's – I mean, it's kind of a landmark case. This is the first case that I've – I did a little bit of searching to see if anybody's made any kind of similar challenge, and I haven't been able to find anything online, so – no, that could just no, be there, speaking there to my a, lack of Google right, skills. People are trying to draw parallel to precedent cases on this one that just don't exist. You know, mm. you see some ignorant comments like uh, whoever the, the asshole was, they got to speak uh, to interview with Daily Beast who was saying uh, something about how our, our exemption doesn't stand because the uh, law, 72 waiting hour, 72 hour waiting period for the abortions doesn't directly discriminate against us in any way and and that there was some kind of overturn on, on a similar case but the fact of the matter is all all laws are broadly applied if this guy were to 
try to draw a parallel to any real-world case where RIFRA has been leveraged. I don't know how he would come out saying that we don't have a real claim. But um, there was a counter-argument at least presented in the Daily Beast piece that did cover that and, and cover how idiotic those commentaries were. Yeah, I I haven't seen anybody make any really good arguments against the case at all. Um, any any arguments that I've really seen against it have all been related to a complete lack of understanding of what is actually going on. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it doesn't mean we'll necessarily win, you know, but I do think we have a strong case, and, I, and the people who are saying we absolutely don't have a case are definitely not looking at the case we're making. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, anyway, I, I haven't really introduced you. Uh, we're speaking with Lucian Greaves, uh, spokesperson for the Satanic Temple. Um, Is it Lucian or Lucian? I've heard both. Lucian. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah. How did you How did you arrive at the pseudonym of Lucian R. Greaves? Well, originally we uh, wanted to put up a Facebook page for the Satanic Temple. And you couldn't do that without tying it to an, an individual's account. And uh, I was trying to remain entirely in the background and and not uh, tie myself publicly to the Satanic Temple at the beginning. So uh, I started a separate Facebook account and arbitrarily chose the name Lucian Greaves and never actually thought that I would... I would be acting as Lucian Greaves, but <laughs> never. Well, it's not a bad name. Well, and I and yeah, my understanding was that you were running away from your your Jewish name. I I get all my news from Ann Coulter. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oddly, oddly enough, I'm not Jewish, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I I had kind of wondered where where Lucian Graves had come from, so you know I did some searches on. Lucian and Ungreaves and and like, you know, I, I saw that Lucian is is light in another language. I can't even remember what it was. And then Greaves can be like leg armor. <laughs> I was like, I'm not quite sure how those two go together. Like light armor, maybe I don't know. I don't know either. But now there's an R in the middle. It's Lucian R Greaves. It's <laughs> that way. Uh, on Facebook, and, and a lot of people have asked me, what, what does the R stand for? And there's been speculation. And this is exactly how the R happened. All of a sudden, one day, I found myself locked out of the Lucian Greaves account on Facebook. Hmm. And this was in light of their real name policy. Uh -huh. And so I would, you could convert this to a, to a fan page, which I did it, it's after that. But in order to access the account at all, they were first asking that I enter in or either change the name or enter in identification, send them identification to show that I'm actually Lucian Greaves. <laughs> so uh. instead, I just I, I did a test and saw, if I just add a middle initial, will that take that as a name change and then allow me back into the account? So, you know, with no thought in my head, I just hit R and then... <laughs> It accepted it, and I was able to get back into the account and change it into a fan page. So there, that's why Interesting. I'm now Lucian R. Greaves. <laughs> we should still just keep some mystery behind the R for yeah, some fun. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm no mystery now. <laughs> <laughs> what, have you, what have you heard as some of the, some of the theories about the R? Hypothesis. Oh, I don't know. I, I hardly read that shit anymore. <laughs> Well, I'm, kinda... I'm horrified to even read my inbox, seriously, especially on Facebook. Oh, I, yeah. I hardly 
look at the the stuff I get in. There, there's something about Facebook, just like there's something about YouTube comments. Yeah, there's something about about private messages on Facebook and and YouTube comments. That's where the that's where the stupidest things happen. Yeah, <laughs> vile stuff. You could always do your own segment of you know hate mail. Lucian, like, like, yeah, Lucian hate mail. mailbag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Richard Dawkins did that to great effect. Mm, yeah. People loved it. But some some of ours is really schizophrenic, though. That's, yeah. I would imagine yours is a little bit more, probably a little bit more vitriol than, than even Dawkins would get. You know, we also get a lot of messages from people in Africa, uh, people in Nigeria, other people who've been negatively affected by idiotic missionaries going around spreading delusion and superstition to them. Mm. But these are people who are eager to sell their soul for money in the real world mm-hmm. yeah well we're we're kind of hoping that you know we, there there might be some sort of a interview type element to this but we we mostly just want to have kind of a fun chat i know there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there with you kind of going through the same stuff and you know satanic panic and all that all that all the kind of same perfunctory answers you you give we can do that if you want but we just kind of wanted to to chat and uh, I should say that since the American Atheist Confer- uh, Convention, that Dan has been a little mesmerized. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, no. I was pretty happy with the outcome of that conference. I got a standing ovation, in fact. I, I really thought uh, there would be a lot, of, a lot of pushback to having me there at all. Jennifer Michael Heck expressed reservations about having me invited, but she... She was good enough to express them to me, and after I gave my lecture at uh, American Atheist, which she was good enough to come see, she declared herself a convert. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's it, great. it was funny, because when uh, Memphis had on the news that the Atheist American Convention is coming, and a Satanist <laughs> on their thing, it's like, yeah. That's, right. and a th- Satanist, is that? You you helped make us atheists not look so bad or frightening, Doug. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Well, that's what uh, David Silverman was saying. He was very enthusiastic. He said, uh, you know, we've, we're always the bad guys, and mm. you guys are even worse. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, which is weird, because you guys are doing some fantastic things. So at the, at the start of the call, we were talking about the case and, and what's been going on. And I guess maybe we should give a little bit of background on that. Um, what, what can you tell us about the case that we were talking about? Oh, in Missouri with the abortion exemptions? Yeah. Well, last summer, um, directly following Hobby Lobby, we finished writing up an exemption form for women from informed consent materials that are pushed upon them, state-mandated informed consent materials that have to do with abortion. In, In a certain number of states, I don't remember how many it is, these... You know these materials, which are, which are really state propaganda. They're not medically legitimate. They're not scientifically legitimate. It's it's anti-abortion propaganda is pushed on women, and we feel that given our tenets regarding scientific belief and that kind of thing, that this is kind of an affront to our value system. So, women who share our deeply held beliefs should be exempted from having to go through this torment of being having this of having this propaganda pushed on them. Anyways, so that exemption had been sitting around. Oh, well, the, the reason Hobby Lobby tied into that was because Hobby Lobby argued that certain types of pharmaceuticals were abortifacients when they're not, but they believe that they are. 
So we felt that that gave us a much stronger footing when it came to denying that the informed consent materials have scientific legitimacy because now we really don't have to argue that on empirical grounds but can say that it's a matter of religious opinion. Mm. So it happens we're right, but we don't have to you know, go through that procedure. Yeah, you don't have to provide any evidence to back any of that up. You can just say it doesn't matter because it's my religious belief. Right, right. It's, it's within the purview of religious opinion, just as apparently the idea of when does life begin is, is an idea that's within the purview of religious belief. And, and you're not going to see the, the other side of this argument arguing against that. So they <laughs> sure. can't have it really both ways. So anyways, uh, that exemption has been sitting around available for people since last summer, but it was only now that a woman in Missouri who's a member of the Satanic Temple, decided to take it up. She wanted to terminate a pregnancy. And in Missouri, they subject you to all this informed consent material. And they also demand that you wait 72 hours from your first visitation to the clinic, three days. So there's only one clinic in Missouri. And our, our woman lived about five hours away from there, I believe. So that three-hour waiting period is a, is a major burden. You know, three days three away day, from work yeah. or yeah. traveling twice or, you know, overnight lodging and that type of thing. Yeah. So we felt that being that the informed consent materials are illegitimate to us anyways and there's no medical purpose for the 72-hour waiting period, we can exempt her from both. So we sent her there with a waiver of exemption, which, of course, the clinic denied on the grounds of state law. So we immediately filed suit against the governor and attorney general of Missouri on behalf of who we're calling Mary Doe and in fighting to preserve her anonymity, even in court. Right. And, right. um, and that's, that's where we're at. We weren't able to secure pro bono support. I must mention. So we are crowdfunding for the legal fees. So check us, uh, you know, keep checking the Facebook yeah. page we have an Indiegogo kind of going for the legal fees right now, but I, I imagine the state's going to be willing to throw in pretty heavy on fighting this one. So yeah, yeah. you're going to have to keep up. Yeah, I, I have posted the Indiegogo campaign out on my Facebook, and I think I shared it out in a uh, local atheist group here, uh, their Facebook group, and, and on our page for the Godless Revolution. Um, and it looks like it's it's been pretty successful so far. Um uh, yeah, so far, it's just as soon as the media dies on something like this, the funding generally completely dies, yeah. too. But the story might kick up again. What we had filed was an emergency injunction. So I imagine uh, I imagine there's going to have to be motion on this very, very soon. So, Yeah, um, let's see. And I was, I was out here looking and uh, talked it over with Tracy and we actually agreed we're going to go ahead and donate to this as well. So anybody who's interested, um, you can go to Indiegogo.com slash projects slash, well, just do a search for Indiegogo. Uh, we'll post it out on the Godless, Godless Revolution, uh, Facebook page. I'll put it on my page. Uh, we'll be putting it all around, but, uh, yeah, I'm actually making a donation this evening of $500, uh, to that, so yeah, I know hey, every little bit. Every I know every so little bit counts. And yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the lawyers will burn through this shit. <laughs> 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 we, we were so disappointed in the ACLU. We were really, uh, yeah. 
really worried about not getting pro bono representation. And uh, the Friday before last Friday, we had a guy from the ACLU who was really excited to hear from us and said he'd be looking over all the materials over the weekend. Of course, he didn't commit to anything or, or anything like that. But um, then the next week, we were trying to call him, and he was allegedly on a conference call. He's been on a conference call since, uh, <laughs> since last Monday. It's no. a very, very important case. Yeah. You, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I thought Lyon yeah, was well, your department. A journalist had also told me that the ACLU, apparently the national office, gave him a very bizarre answer when he was when he was asking what their position was on this. And it sounded sounded scripted and it sounded like it was the line they were supposed to deliver, which was that they couldn't comment on the case in, with for unspecified reasons or whatever, which he said was an answer he hadn't gotten before. So I really have a strong impression that the ACLU doesn't want to take this case for one thing, but they don't want to make any comment as to why they're not taking it, and they don't want to be open as to why. As yeah, to it's, the fact that it's like they it's like they don't want to take it, but they don't want to say why they're not taking it either. They they don't want to have to say they're not taking it because right right because then that would turn off a lot of people who are very supportive of the case and and also are supportive of the ACLU generally speaking and and to have them you know be so wishy-washy or, or to say that they won't take it for whatever reason i think would upset a whole lot of people and they don't really have a good reason for not taking it yeah, that makes the you case. wonder what their fear is well well you, we run into that a lot actually we run into people who you know ostensibly would be allies but they feel like they're walking into a minefield mm-hmm. with any association with us or they feel it's the wrong wrong image to put forward by having any type of association with us. And that, that I think, is really backward, especially when it comes to this. And I'm not saying that's what the ACLU did. It wouldn't make sense if that's what the ACLU was doing. Right. I have no idea what, what the game is. I can't speculate. But there have been other writings from people that say this is bad for the reproductive rights movement or this puts forward the wrong image or this just fuels the fears of... Uh, of religious conservative idiots and that type of thing, which I, I just feel is bullshit. That's completely bad. Yeah, yeah. It's what, just, what doesn't fuel their fears? I mean, right. You, you can't start uh, coddling their their sense of superstition and stupidity. And the fact of the matter is, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not claiming to speak for the entirety of the reproductive rights movement. There's that, of course, has overlap with a lot of different sectors of society. It's just as a matter of fact. A woman in Missouri holds true to our tenets and believes that this was against her religion. Now, the the ramifications of us winning the case, of course, are far broader than that. And it's something that you would think other people for reproductive rights would celebrate. Yeah. I mean, I'd be celebrating for multiple reasons. I mean, this could even take the whole... uh Religious. I'm trying to think of the name of that lawsuit again. The whole Hobby Lobby lawsuit and, and wipe it clean. It's like, well, if anybody can claim right. they have a religious right to this, well, then it's no longer anything special for us Christians. Right. That was something I was saying to Salon. I mean, there's a possibility that there could be uh, some saving value to the to the ruling, even if we lose. It would still be a shame, of course, if we lost. But if it helps to help define where the limits are actually going to be for the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which has been running amok across the nation as, you know, more and more conservatives try to pass yeah. it as a way to discriminate against against the godless homos that they're so afraid of. 
Do you mind if we change gears here just a little bit? Unless, did you have another question for him, Dan? Oh, I have. I have plenty of questions that we can get to. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. What do you got going on? Well, I was just. I was. I was actually really curious how difficult it was to get into the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so bad. I mean, it's just a bloodline thing. So I, I was kind of born with the with the Illuminati spoon in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> No, that yeah. So so I just made the five hundred dollar donation. Uh, that should that should be added to the pool right now. I'll be sure that I post about that some more. Um, Thank you so much. Hey, hey, it's a pleasure, man. I I'm a big big fan of everything you guys are doing. Uh, after the convention, I I told these guys that I was drunk texting you <laughs> <laughs> on I think the Saturday of the convention. And and that yeah that I didn't get to hang out with you nearly as as much as I would have liked because I mean I I really I'm a huge huge fan of all the work that you guys are doing. Um, how long have you been associated or affiliated with the Satanic Temple? Well, I helped found the Satanic Temple, so it's it's been about three years now, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so I've been Satan's PR guy for that long. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I must say, he's never looked better. <laughs> well, Dan agrees. I was worried. I was worried for a while that once once my real identity came out and was attached to the Satanic Temple, it might be impossible for me to ever get a job again. But now I'm thinking if I went to a PR firm and showed them that resume, <laughs> where where I mean, you could easily point to it and go, "Look, man, if I can make Satan, Satan look this good, good, imagine what I can do yeah. for your company." Right? Exactly. Exactly. You should have me working for Monsanto. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> that would that would be excellent. Actually, we're 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 very big proponents for the GMO uh, food sciences. Um, so so you you said it's been about three years. I think the very first thing I ever read about you, and I don't know how comfortable you are or or how difficult it is in kind of trying to maintain two separate identities, right? I mean, do you are you okay currently with with kind of switching between your your real name and and the the pseudonym that that was chosen for the satanic temple work uh it's just a pain in the ass now because all the journalists want to want to refer to me as as doug mesner because they know that's the case i ask them usually to put that i'm also known as lucian greaves to try to lessen the uh the confusion people might have mm-hmm. because no, no matter how long this carries on, how generally it's known, there's still going to be people confused by the, by the two names. But no, now, now there's really no, no problem beyond that. I, I don't, it, it's not like I'm playing a role. It's not like I put on a persona for Lucian Greaves. It's just, it's just the name, you know, yeah. I'm lucky enough to chat with John waters every now and again. And, and he, uh, he, he said he, he, he prefers Lucian, and he's going to refer to me as Lucian. <laughs> he just doesn't go for Doug. <laughs> well, maybe you'll just have to officially change your name to Lucian. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that doesn't sound like you're really thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of wondered how, how difficult it was to, to try to maintain the two the two things. And I know I get confused when, when I talk to you, you know, and, and you know, I, I see that you post sometimes... And, and in different places as Lucian and in other places as yourself. And I didn't know if you were still trying to, you know, maintain a clear delineation between the two or or if, you know, I mean, the, the cat was out of the bag basically when Vice ran their story that I read. Shit, it's probably been almost three years ago now. 
Um, yeah, that was not long after the Pink Mass. Yeah. Mm. And and that was when I, I really had to come out if I wanted to, you know, uh, come out before somebody else writing some kind of expose in which they think, you know, giving my real name and some of my background would be would be a story or whatever, because um, I, I wasn't expecting the, the amount of attention the pink mass got. But <laughs> there was a, a, a lady I knew who was working as an editor at one of the news venues, and she was seeing these stories about the pink mass, and she could see that it was me. And she contacted me and said that uh, she was apologetic, but she said that she was going to have to tell them that I had been lying to them, you know, that I was giving them misinformation and she wasn't going to stand by and see this happen, that I was neither Lucian Greaves nor a Satanist. And I, <laughs> and I, I told her that I was both of those things. You know, nobody else was really Lucian Greaves. Uh, I don't know why you would say that one guy uh, who you didn't know before turned out to be some other guy you didn't know before. <laughs> but um, she was... she was saying that i wasn't a satanist and i i told her now if you're gonna say that i'm gonna have to sue (laughs) (laughs) i'll only allow so much (laughs) ma'am well well to her of course there was a contradiction between the atheism and the satanism and that's a that's a real Mm. sticking point for a lot of people yeah yeah i i know it is for a lot of people um you know I've, i've had i don't know about real arguments with anybody about it, but I've had discussions with different people about it who say, well, you know, how can you be a Satanist and an atheist at the same time? Don't you worship Satan? And I, I, in fact, I kind of had this conversation with uh, my mother-in-law the other night, who is a wonderful woman, very nice, very open. I'm, I'm always surprised at how open she is to hearing other things. You know, she was raised LDS. We live here in Utah, so of course she was raised LDS. Um... But she's very open to learning different things, and she's by no stretch of the imagination really uh, practicing Mormon anymore. But, you know, I, I pulled up the Satanic Temple's website and, and read through the Seven Tenets and, and went through the FAQ, which is pretty fucking hilarious, by the way, <laughs> um, and and explained a lot of, of the philosophy behind uh, an atheistic Satanist view. And what'd she say? Oh, well, that's all very interesting. I can see why you'd be excited to do the show. (laughs) (laughs) That actually leads pretty well into probably one of my favorite questions I have for Theus, which I'm I'm curious to get your take on, um, which is how did you decide that God was the good one, right? Because clearly the, quote, holy books don't outline that very clearly, so... Well, obviously, he didn't choose God as a good no, one. No, I know he. I know he doesn't. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying that as a question. Yeah, that, that sort of draws out the in lack general of how do how do theists decide yeah. that God was the good one? Right. Yeah, yeah. That that well, that is a good question. It it does seem to show a certain uh, proclivity towards uh, tyrannical leaders, which I find disturbing. Me too. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean that's that's one of that's one of the the things that the Satanic Temple kind of sets its apart, kind of sets itself apart from a lot of the uh, other Satanist organizations, right? I mean, um, Church of Satan is kind of turned into just a giant shit show. Uh, 
Well, it's a, it's a mass of contradictions because ostensibly they, they believe in the same kind of anti-authoritarian values we do, but at the same time they put forward this notion that they are the one true and final word and the, the dogmatic protocol of, of the only thing that can be called Satanism and in these very authoritarian fiats put forward in that way. You're, you're either with us or against us and that kind of thing. And there's they've very much try to micromanage people's belief on issues and yet uh, lionize themselves for not taking a stand in such a way where they actually take any political action whatsoever. But you also see a lot of writings coming out of that camp of, you know, glorifying uh, petty dictators from foreign lands and during history and mm-hmm. that type of bullshit. And so, yeah, it's to me, I, I don't understand that at all. I don't see how that mixes it all with the satanic philosophy to to take on that kind of yeah i mean i mean to me a a lot of the things that i see coming out of the church of satan lately are it's like it's turned itself into uh fascistic satanism you know it's it's we are the only ones who will be satanists and everybody else is false satanists (laughs) right and I, i think the contradiction for them is kind of reconciled Honestly, in the way that uh, Nazism has been Satanized in, in, you know, ever since World War II, it considered the epitome of evil and that type, that type of rationale. And it's always popular in the in the more uh, sophomore Satanistic camps to try to uh, justify something that's that's depraved or or the world sees as evil, whether there's any value in doing so or not. Yeah, well, and you know, I, I hear uh, things tossed at uh, the Satanic Temple every now and then about, oh, it's just a bunch of pranksters sitting in their mom and dad's basement, and and in my mind that that is just absolutely flipped on its head when when looking at the a lot of the stuff coming out of the Church of Satan. I mean, to me, when I when I look at the things that the Church of Satan does, that is you know some some angsty teen in his mom or grandma's basement that's upset and pissed off and is just wondering, you know, how they can really, really make mom and dad and everybody else really angry and disturbed. It's They, they don't do anything but seem to fucking whine and rant. You know, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Um, so, I would so, say that doesn't sound much different than many church groups either, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the church groups will just sit around and, you know, it, it's a circle jerk or it's a whine about how they're being persecuted or... Yeah, they love to be persecuted. Yeah. I'm just not understood. <laughs> um, oh, well, you'll hear that even with what we're doing. You'll hear uh, Christian groups with, with far more power than we have, or at least resources, um, claiming that this is part of the persecution against them. I mean, we're the ones fighting the uphill battle. We're oh, the yeah. ones fighting... Against uh, policies they've already managed to put in place. Oh yeah. Well, how how big is your organization? Like, how many people do you actually have that work to bring forth these, uh, like the like doing the coloring book and and uh, bringing forth these lawsuits against the states for for all these things? We let people sign up for membership for free uh, through yeah. the website, and you know the the Atlantic had a had a problem with that, uh, scoffing about how easy it is to become a member, but. Um, Honestly, wouldn't it be backward if we made it very difficult for people to affiliate religiously, like, especially uh, 
you know, you consider how the polls are conducted around the United States. They just simply ask people if they're you know, yeah. affiliated yeah. with one religion or another. But uh, honestly, you can't ask somebody to uh, to go through an initiation of types or or pay a certain fee for religious affiliation if you want to be taken seriously at all. But so, but that does rather inflate the numbers because you have no idea who just comes in and you know is dedicated to it or not, or didn't put a second thought into it, or didn't even know what they were doing. But nonetheless, we have some tens of thousands. I don't know, which is good in any case for you know about three years of a yeah. new and controversial religion. Well, what about for your your actual team? Like when you had to bring apart up these lawsuits, you know, finding the lawyers, doing the legwork, which doing uh doing the media work. Is it just you alone doing all this? Because it's pretty amazing how big you've actually gotten, how much of an impact you've made around with uh you know being relatively small. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, me and me and uh, you. You met Malcolm at the. Uh, American Atheist Conference. Mm-hmm. He's not out in the media at all, but uh, he and I really do the the planning and, and organizing on the national level and reach out for the lawyers. And of course, when uh, in Missouri, when we first learned that this woman would be trying to get the abortion, we worked day and night to get legal counsel because we would we had to file on the day she went in the clinic and was denied the uh, the exemption waivers. So we had a very limited time to get the lawyers together, but but he and I work all the time at these things. We we were hoping to also secure a lawyer for Oklahoma that same week, but we didn't manage to do that. So really, a lot of our a lot of our work right now has been calling law offices and trying to get in contact with somebody who will actually represent us. So in Oklahoma, is that going to be for reproductive rights also, or does it have something to do with the Decalogue and, and the Baphomet statue? Oh, no, that's, uh, that's in relation to the, the Baphomet statue, the, the statue we want to put up next to the Ten Commandments. So what's the latest with that? I mean, I know, I know that in October there was a, a bipolar person who crashed their car or maybe it was even a stolen car, I don't remember, into the Ten Commandments monument there in Oklahoma. And it was replaced miraculously in January. I mean, a scant three months later, it's already had an exact replica erected in its place. Um, what's the latest with the with getting Baphomet set up there? Well, as for the bipolar fellow, did you read the letter he wrote justifying what he had done? I haven't read the letter. Oh, it's somewhere. You got to look it up. It's, it's classic. He was he was talking about how he had some kind of notion in his head that the cars passing by uh, contained some killer virus. They were infected with the uh, with the meat of Michael Jackson or something like that. It was, just, <laughs> it was great, but um, he got out and he he also took a piss on the crumbled remains of the monument. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, he was blabbering some things about I think Obama being the antichrist and you know all that. Uh, you know. Well, and I, yeah, really I think he, he I think he claimed to be a satanist also, right? Or or said that Satan told him to do it or Well, I think his mother had said he was a Christian from the reports that, that oh, yes. I had heard. It, yeah. turned, it turns out he was a Christian, but yeah, I think at first he was saying that Satan made him do it and uh some of the press was eager to latch onto the idea that he was a satanist, but it turned out to be not the case at all. Well, it makes for really exciting headlines, right? Right. 
but uh, but our, our monument is completed. It's uh, still at the foundry. We're working out a spot to store it while we're also looking for a, a lawyer to take up the case so we can now go ahead with suing Oklahoma mm-hmm. for rejecting our application for its placement. They haven't replied. They haven't formally rejected us, but we're taking their failure to reply to us as a de facto rejection mm. of our proposal. So we'll move to court. Oh, I, and I guess I, I had I had assumed or, or had thought that a lawsuit had been filed, but it was just uh, the application to have uh, the monument placed there that they haven't responded to yet. Dan's, Dan's internet works perfect during a thunderstorm, but when the weather is perfectly <laughs> fine, it's shit. <laughs> It has something to do it's with It's a satanic connection, guest. yeah. We've we've rebooted all the things. I think Jesus is trying to keep us from communicating with you. Could be. <laughs> He's such an asshole that way. Uh, yeah, I think he got the ACLU recently, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about uh, how long the satanic temple has been around. Um, you say you're doing this as a full-time gig now. And I, when I at the convention, I I talked to you a little bit because I had seen a post that you'd made that at, after the end of the year you're not going to be doing any more speaking engagements or anything. Is that is that still the case? That you know, I'd really like to stop doing public speaking engagements just because I'm not really sure I see the value in them. And uh, and some things you reach a saturation point, I think. And once I've put out book, you know, and uh, and do some of the things I've wanted to do, see some of these cases through, I would like to step back from uh, any public scrutiny at all. You know, I'd like to step back from the audience and, and do my own thing after a time. Yeah. Are you, are you planning on still maintaining your role as spokesperson for the Satanic Temple and just not doing like the public speaking engagements? Or are you thinking about you're, you're going to step away completely? Oh, no, I, I, I will still do – there's still much more for me to do until stepping out entirely or stepping back entirely, though I do plan on stepping out entirely at some point. That's not what I'm talking about for stepping away from uh, public events. But that said, I do have to say when I was at uh, American Atheists, uh, Jamila Bay, the uh, the MC of the event, mm-hmm. uh, came up to me afterwards and she wanted my business card – and she said that the reason she wanted the business card was because she was helping to organize the Reason Rally coming up. And I thought, fuck. <laughs> I'm turned down. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a really tough one to turn yeah. down. But that's not, I mean, you know, that's not until probably March or April of next year, which then you'd, right. have, to, you'd have to either come out of retirement or, or, yeah, maybe hold off the retirement until then. I don't know. Let me ask you this then: Why do it? Why do what you're doing? Well, for for what's being done, I I really love what we're doing. I really love seeing these cases play out. I just really am not very well suited to to you know even this minor celebrity or the kind of public scrutiny, and I don't. Uh, and I feel it, it denigrates the movement in general. What we're doing to make it my own personal story, you know, to attach my biography to it. And that's why I've really resisted talking about those types of things with any journalists and 
you know, several have wanted to do profiles, and I, I wouldn't do that. Uh, CNN recently was asking to do an hour-long documentary about the Satanic Temple, and those are the parameters I set before we could go forward talking about this possibility, was that this was, would not be about me. It would not contain my background information, that type of thing, nor would I work with any group that would uh, actively seek to give the identities of people who prefer to use their pseudonyms working with the Satanic Temple. Uh, you know, people like to pretend there's something nefarious about the idea that we allow people to operate pseudonymously and anonymously. But um, I don't think so at all. I think the reasons are very self-evident, and I think uh, we shouldn't be apologetic for that at all and should... I come more from that anonymous school of thought in any case. And earlier on, the Satanic Temple, I kind of imagined would be structured almost like anonymous, where anybody could really kind of take on the name of the Satanic Temple to do what they were doing. And we'd all be these kind of anonymous characters using pseudonyms. But, of course, it didn't quite work out that way at all. And, and me being revealed as myself has a lot to do with that. And now I feel my own personal reputation is is directly attached to anything done in the name of the satanic temple so it's kind of changed the dynamic would you say that a lot of the media outlets seem to want to use the satanic temple more as kind of like an illustration or a face to the war on christianity well it depends on who's writing um you know when the when the press was first covering us you had a lot of straightforward standard reporting because people didn't really know what to make of it you know so you would get that kind of they would just they would just list a, a, a series of facts that this was the event that took place, and I think everybody was waiting for the kind of opinion polls of the market to come in in the comments or whatever else before taking a stand one way or another. And the first somewhat positive article about us came out during our fight for the monument in Oklahoma. I mean, there there was some support from. Uh, from different gay sites when it came to the pink mass. But uh, that seemed generally to be taken by people who wanted to assume that everything we were doing was a joke. And, but they agreed with the gay rights aspect. But in, in mainstream press, there's one uh, op-ed came forward from a paper in Oklahoma where the guy wasn't even saying anything positive about us, but he was saying that in the uh, church-state separation debate, we had a point. In, in uh, requesting our monument, we kind of illustrated a certain amount of hypocrisy, and this is what mm -hmm. the theocrats deserved. And um, that, you know, you see a lot of that now, but that was kind of a novel piece at the time. And around that time, you started seeing people in the comments of articles becoming more bold about advocating our position and saying they actually agreed with us and that they didn't only agree with the uh, with the idea of us having equal placement in the public square, but they agreed with our tenets and overall philosophy. And it wasn't long after that that you saw some journalists emboldened to actually endorse us on sites like uh, Salon or, you know, very, giving us very positive treatment in any case, and, and some of them writing commentary openly endorsing us. So, the conversion came rather fast, but you still see pushback. You know, it's very polarized. Of course, anytime we do anything, doesn't matter what it is, it's very polarized. But you can definitely see that the vitriol of that polarization recently with this case, with the abortion exemption thing. Yeah, well, and you had mentioned earlier that 
you were kind of surprised at how at how much the pink mass took off. That you were kind of surprised at the amount of media attention that had gotten. And I guess, you know, I would say that, that any time somebody speaks out really, really publicly against the Westboro Baptist Church, of course that's a good thing. But the fact that you happen to teabag the the gravestone of Fred Phelps's mom as a Satanist probably just, you know, launched that into the orbit. Well, right, probably, but my thinking at the time beforehand was that that might actually keep it out of the news, that it had gotten too bizarre <laughs> for any any standard coverage at all, that the story itself would make any mainstream outlet look like a mockery just for reporting it. So I thought we'd get some play in like heavy metal magazines or uh, or like Bizarre Magazine out of the UK and, and other <laughs> internet sites that... Uh, would make sure to get it back to the Westboro Baptist Church and piss them off. So I thought it would be kind of this underground sensation. I didn't really expect ABC News to run a video report as they did. Well, and I was I was kind of curious if uh, you had any plans to visit Meridian anywhere in the future at all. I know that uh, most of the charges had been dropped, right? They dropped the public indecency and... Shit, there, I think you. I think initially you were you were charged with three different things, but as far as I could uh, well, ascertain well, the on sheriff, the web, there was just the, the one outstanding to, charge. Right, the sheriff wanted to have me charged with all these things, and apparently he went into the court, and the judge wouldn't sign off on it. But they did settle for desecration of a grave, uh. and this was this was after he had fallen under significant mockery in the in the nationwide press, and I made some comments. Uh, denigrating the sheriff and the press also at his expense. <laughs> you know, very humorous, I thought, but they weren't going to be happy to see me in Meridian. But um, when the sheriff was backtracking and talking, I think he was talking to Huffington Post, he, he, had, got, he had fallen under criticism for saying that he would, he would arrest me. And I'm sure that was something he wasn't counting on. Here he was saying that he was going to uh, take the Satanist off the streets. And he actually had uh, people in the nationwide press saying that this was kind of a outrage against the First Amendment that they would even consider uh, jailing me for this so-called crime of protest. And um, so then he was, I believe he was saying to Huffington Post that what they settled on, the uh, charge of desecration of a grave, would only be up to a $500 fine and didn't entail any jail time. So... Malcolm and I were sitting with our lawyer, and we said, well, if that's the case, let's go back to Meridian and fight the charge. You know, I was thinking, I'll wear the horns, we'll invite uh, <laughs> vice camera crew, and we'll, we'll make a mockery of the entire proceedings. And everybody thought that was a good idea, but fortunately my lawyer said, well, let me make damn sure that they can't take you into custody. <laughs> right. And what he found out was that they, they could throw me in the can for up to a year. And I thought, given that I was insulting the sheriff and the sheriff's department in the national press, if I were to go back to Meridian and they had any chance at all of throwing me in jail for a year, that they would probably do just that. They would exercise so, that, that option right. ever so happily? Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. So I, I, never, 
I never went back. As far as I know, I'm still a wanted man. And, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks, you'll have to avoid Mississippi. <laughs> well, one of the one of the quotes I, know, I saw. Where, where from, will I vacation now? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say one of the quotes that I saw from you was also from Vice, and it was an article. There was their article about the pink mass, and um, they had asked you something about if you know if if you were worried about being arrested and then extradited to Mississippi. And the response you gave was, quote, I predicted if I were to be arrested and extradited to Mississippi, my very presence would raise unholy psychological hell among the sheriff and his colleagues. Just as medieval demon panics gave rise to episodes in which repressed people took the opportunity to act out in mindless abandon, exonerated from their own deeds by the idea of possession, I believe it quite possible that I could find myself in a holding cell witnessing the the Meridian police devolve into a sweaty, grunting, savage orvy, orgy of uncaged homosexuality, all influenced by the idea that they were utterly powerless against my sexual conversion magic. <laughs> Perhaps they're merely looking for such a scapegoat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I was exactly the kind of quote I had in mind when I thought of how thrilled the sheriff would be to actually throw me in that holding cell. <laughs> it, well, I, it, it just seems to me that so much of that would have gone over his head, that quote. Yeah, you're, you're right. Probably all of it. But but um, even people like him have a sense of when they're being mocked. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Interestingly, you know, I've started writing a book. I haven't gotten very far in it because I've been working on so many things, but I was writing about the pink mass. And while I was doing that, I was trying to look up more information, more background that I could possibly get. And I found that uh, the sheriff got fired from his post uh, very, very shortly after the pink mass happened, like a month within a month or two. Wow. Wow. Did it, did it say anywhere why he was fired? Well, the the sheriff's department gave a very bizarre kind of justification that he misidentified himself over a radio call or something like that. <laughs> so what? we we actually did a Freedom of Information Act request from the sheriff's department for all documents related to us on the pink mass, and they haven't come through on uh, on honoring that request yet. And we might actually <laughs> contact a lawyer about it, but it might it might give up some interesting information about him being fired. Sounds like it could, yeah. That's that's pretty funny. Um, So, you know, I've mentioned that the Satanic Temple and you are are in the news, it seems, every week with something new. Um, Whether it's, you know, the the Pink Mass, um, the the Children's Big Book of Satanic Activities, um, uh, the Oklahoma trying to get the Baphomet statue there. Which is badass, by the way. Oh, yeah. We should give a shout-out to the artists of that the statue. Of yeah, who, who was the one who designed the statue? It, well, you know, I came up with a general drawing of what it should look like, but the artist really put it together. It was Mark Porter, hmm. <laughs> a classically trained artist, uh, sculptor artist from New York. Hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, so anyway, I, w- I was listing all of these great things that you guys are doing. What... Of, of all the things that you've been involved with, as far as the as far as the Satanic Temple goes so far, what what would you say you're most proud of? What's your what's your favorite thing that you guys have done? I think we're really working on that right now. I'm really proud of this abortion campaign, and, and we've put a lot of research and a lot of work into this. 
and I'm just really happy that something's being brought forward that is of such a tangible value. Mm-hmm. I, I think you really can't measure the cultural symbolic value of the Baphomet statue either. Right. But um, the reproductive rights, that's a very contentious battle and a very important one. And I feel like we've really asserted ourselves on the front lines of that. And that's something I'm, I'll be proud of for the rest of my life, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think it's an awesome awesome endeavor for sure. You know, it, it's it's going to have some real ramifications and repercussions, you know, far down the line as far as, as you said, clearly defining what these RIFRA laws can and can't do. People want to ignore us and they want to they want to denigrate us and they want to marginalize us. And it's things like this that will show they just can't do that. One way or the other, they'll have to take it seriously. We're going to be molding laws. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So so now that we know what you're most proud of, what, what would you say you are least proud of? Or, or do you have any regrets about anything that, that, anything that you've done or anything that you wish you could go back and, and change? Not really. I can't really think of anything like that. I um, it was it was a really severe adjustment for me, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I lost some some friends, of course, when it, it came out that I I was me and that I was doing what I was doing, and some people were really mortified by that. Especially, uh, I was working. You you mentioned my work with the Satanic Panic earlier, and before doing the sa- uh, the Satanic Temple work. I was doing a lot of writing and research on the recovered memory controversy and the types of poor therapies that gave rise to claims of satanic ritual abuse in the 80s and 90s. In finding that this practice is still in place for the most part and that there's a certain fringe grouping within, uh, within the mental health field that actually feeds delusion to the mentally vulnerable. So I was fighting that for a while. And while I was doing that, I was kind of making a name for myself as one of the uh, one of the few lone advocates for the position of the people who have been treated this way under therapy and had fallen under the delusion of being abused by Satanists or abducted by aliens because of this uh, these poor uh, scientifically unsound and harmful regression therapy tactics. And so, you know, I, I had a, a certain market and a certain following from people who were kind of abused by these things. And a lot of them would come out of this bad therapy and, and latch on to religion, you know, of the mainstream type, which was part of the problem to begin with, actually, if you look at their case studies. But um, for them to see that I was coming out Satanist was kind of a hard blow. And um, so a lot of people just didn't talk to me at all anymore after that. And then I was getting all this attention, which I had already mentioned wasn't, I wasn't well suited for anyway. So uh, I, I really worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. You've said, you've said that you're not really well suited for it. Is that, is that just a personal preference? Because I mean, you're doing an amazing job. I think you're incredibly eloquent. You write very well. You speak very well. Everything that I've ever seen you do is, is really, really good. So what do you mean that you, that you think you're not very well suited for it? I just, I'm not of a character where I really appreciate that kind of attention. You know, I don't know how to, I, I'm getting better and better. I said I was, ta- I've been talking to John Waters and, and a benefit to speaking to him is that he, uh, he's been famous for a long time. <laughs> so I was, I was recently asking him if he ever had a problem with it, if he, if he doesn't like it, if he ever wishes he could still meet people on their own terms. And, uh, he was pretty abrupt about it. He just says that given the, uh, 
given the choice between being famous and not being famous, it's better to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I can see that for sure. Um, I have a, I have a, I'm just curious on more of a personal level. I mean, I like, um, we, I mean, you, you, you did lose some friends, but you also gained a whole bunch too. I just want to add that. Um, Oh yeah, that that came a bit later though. Uh, sure. It wasn't it was for a while there that it felt like it was it was Malcolm and I against the entire rest of the world. Right. You know, and, and right out uh, right off the get-go you do get people gravitating to to you and what you're doing, but um sometimes those people can be just as horrifying as as the opponents. <laughs> <laughs> True. I, yeah, I didn't I didn't mean that in any way of to diminish you, uh, your personal feelings. I just meant that, you know, that we we support what you're doing and and uh you know, there may be some personal losses, but I was more—I was curious, just like on a personal level, you must—you must be associated at least tangentially with bands like ACDC and Nine Inch Nails and Tool and stuff like that. But I'm—I'm I'm curious what your actual hobbies are, what you, what your interests are. Those are great bands, by the way, for in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, you know, I—I—I I, uh, I do art. I've done music before. Some some small label in uh, Chicago, I think it was, uh, put out my stuff on cassette. I guess because that's kind of ironic and in <laughs> retro now. <laughs> but the, but they had done that before any uh, Satanic Temple activity either. So that you know. But lately, I've been working on this more than full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of music was it? Noisy. <laughs> <laughs> Noisy death metal. Yeah, you know, the, the blog I do, process.org, I do with a couple guys who've worked with Skinny Puppy and their, and their Ogre Side project. So I, I really like those guys, and they're, they're very nice fellows. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I was listening to Skinny Puppy back in the early 90s. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we're about the same age. What what? How old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, let's throw that out there. <laughs> I'm legal. <laughs> that's all that's important. Well, these guys, I'm, I'm constantly reminded of how much older I am than these two whenever I ask a cultural, you know, whenever I throw something out there that, you know, was a cultural reference for me back in the day, and they both, I just get blank fucking stares from these two I, guys. I usually know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kind of surprised that you knew what Skinny Puppy was. I'll bet oh, yeah. Matt doesn't know what Skinny Puppy well, is. Well, Ryan's younger than I am, but no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I. It's been a pleasure having you on the show tonight. Um, before I let you go, I want to let everybody know uh, the Satanic Temple's website is. Just www.thesatanictemple.com. If you don't know much about the Satanic Temple, you should definitely familiarize yourself with some of the things that they're doing. Uh, They have a, as I mentioned before, a very, very informative and and pretty funny FAQ section out on their website. Uh, Lists the seven tenets of the Satanic Mm -hmm. Temple. Uh, They're doing a lot of really great work. Uh, I donated. Uh, earlier to the reproductive rights campaign that they're that they're currently trying to get some money for, and I think everybody else should do the same. You guys yes. are doing some fantastic work, my friend. And I'm going to be a regular guest from here on, on your show. Excellent. 
No problem. <laughs> so. <That> sounds great. <laughs> I would I would like that very very much. I want to know which part of you is regular. <laughs> I'm never irregular. Yeah. <laughs> very steady diet. <laughs> well, right. I I uh I so last week we had Brian Fields on the show with us. And at the end of the show, I threw a teaser out that you were going to be on this week's show. And it was the little drop that I had you do there at the American Atheists Convention. And, right. and you know, I, I was telling these guys when, you know, I, I wanted to get a bunch of other people to try to give me drops while we were there. But it was always, you know, there was always so much going on. It was noisy. Our our name is not exactly, it's not real, it's not real good English. Yeah, it's a little clumsy. <laughs> And and so I played they're, the. They're I, full of shit. I from what I was told by the photographer of the event, nobody had more pictures taken of them than me. So they don't have an excuse for not recording for it. <laughs> I believe that's true. I mean, yeah. you you were kind of mobbed. I mean, you know, you had contacted me before the before the convention, uh, saying that we should hang out sometime, and then you know we we tried to we tried to get together a couple different times, and and that was kind of hit and miss. And then you delivered your your presentation, and I think you were just mobbed from then on out. After the, you know, from from that point forward, I don't think you had a second of time really to do much of anything. But but you know, take two or three steps before somebody would come up and want to want to talk to you and ask you a bunch of questions. That's true. There was even one point where I was going to go out to the snack machine outside my room and get a bottle of water or something, and I thought it's not going to be a problem if I'm in my boxers looking like shit, <laughs> staggering down the hall. But then I realized I was not—I was not managing to get down a hall on any floor without without people people attacking me. Well, so I need to make myself look decent just to walk out to the snack machine. It was awful. God damn, that's a curse, man. I, I feel for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're welcome anytime. You know, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure, and I appreciate you taking the time with us. Is well, there... well, check in with me anytime you're you're interested in what we're doing, or if we have anything going on, just remind me, and I'll be happy to give you updates. Well, thanks very much. Is there anything else you want to plug right away while you're on right now? No. all right doug well thank you so much again for coming on the show i'm sure we'll have you on again in the future uh we will look forward to doing that absolutely uh i know it's a little bit late there where you are your east coast time right yes but it's only about 11 that's close to my bedtime (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right well we appreciate it uh we'll stay in touch thanks very much Great. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Doug. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Well, that was pretty awesome. That was awesome. What so, a great guy. Yeah. And so smart, man. He just knows everything about everything, it seems like. Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. You know, I should have asked him more about the Satanic Panic stuff. We'll have to have him on again for yeah, a minute. He, he yeah. Does, he does that for every show. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we got into some of the stuff we did. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was a little unique. Yeah, well, I I was gonna, yeah, we'll we'll have to have him on for another segment about that it, in the future. It, yeah. um, but I remember, you know, we, we live here in Utah, and I was born in a small town north of here called Brigham <laughs> City, and shit, I I can remember when I was a kid and hearing relatives talk about 
the Satanists who would gather in the mountains, oh, you know, yeah. on the side of the mountain, and they'd have their their little ceremonies and rituals, and they were killing animals up there. Right. And, well, that's that whole Richard Ramirez, ACDC, Ouija board, Dungeons and Dragons. That whole that whole thing was all mixed up in that mess. Well, yeah. even that uh, uh, the HBO had the documentaries on there where it was a three or four part documentary with the three kids that got put in jail uh, for what they said for murdering these other two boys and sodomizing them, all oh, yeah, that stuff. That was like in Arkansas? Or? Yeah, and they're saying, well, they're Satanists. They're the, they're the bad kids in the neighborhood. They're the ones who did it. And it went through their whole, like, it started off, the whole the first part of the documentary is literally them going through the court case, going through all that stuff. The second part is them in jail going, we didn't do it. We just thought we're trying to, like, we knew we didn't do it. We're just trying to act fucking cool. Yeah. And all, like... Satanist type, like all like dark and everything. Like we didn't do it. Then they're trying to fight for their lives to get out of jail. Yeah. And the third one's them getting out of jail. Well, and you have you have, you know, therapists and and other people who who have been promoting all of this bad information for so long and are still fucking doing it and yeah. still, you know, people who who put those kids away based on their quote unquote expert testimony yeah. as far as, you know, satanic rituals well, and well, all of for, the things that go on there. Well, and, and Lucian touched on it a little bit, but the repressed memory therapy that yeah. still goes on, which is a huge part of you know, helping young children or toddlers to believe they were abused or molested or mm-hmm. whatever it is, uh, or you know, that they were reincarnated or whatever other bullshit that... Mm-hmm. Have you ever listened to any of those interviews where no. they're where they're recovering these repressed memories and they're hypnotizing these people? I don't think I can sit through it, man. Oh, it's fucking maddening. I mean, you can hear them leading the person to say oh, exactly what they want them to say, and then you know, boom, you're yeah. you're you're out of your hypnosis, and this is what you told me. These these are the repressed memories that you have, and they. They feed this line of bullshit back to these people and do real damage to these people who never had any issues, any any issues like yeah. this, yeah. you know. In fact, and then are fed this bullshit narrative later, and they cause real mental distress for these people. It's kind of like I, I saw a house for sale recently. The badass house, fucking thing, was huge. It's out in like Connecticut or something, but no one will buy the fucker. Because they say it's the haunted. most haunted place uh, in the fucking world, and it's dirt fucking buy cheap. Buy that shit up. I'm like, Hell I'll yeah. buy it. The house Fuck looks yeah. fucking awesome. All all original wood, those giant sleeping... St- the house looks fucking beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, I'll fucking buy it and right now. To tie this back, this is all fucking religion. Because yeah. there's no Satan without, without the Christian God... Well, or Muslim. Yeah. But I mean, without Abraham. Right? Well... That, so Satan is all... Is just as much a... a a myth as God is. Oh yeah. Well, my mom, my mom and stepdad bought a home uh, here in Murray not too long ago, and you know they got this fucking fantastic screaming deal on this giant beautiful home because the previous owner had had killed himself in the house. He'd, he'd hung himself, mm. and or he hanged himself. Yeah. And you know everybody in. Not everybody, but so many people didn't want to buy the home because someone had killed themselves yeah. there. <laughs> Clearly, it's going to be haunted or it had evil spirits that made them do this. I'm making little tent things with my fingers. <laughs> Matt's teasing me. But, you know, so many fucking superstitious assholes are, are, are buy into this kind of thing that, oh, well, then I can't get the house. And well, so my mom and stepdad got a screaming deal. And, you know, on the disclosure, they're like, well, you know, we, we need to tell you up ha- front that it's haunted. 
there was a tragedy here. Okay. And what what are, what are, what makes that so that they have to legally disclose that? Like or, or because there's so many fucking superstitious no, assholes. No, no, no. But out what there. I mean is is it is it that the construction is within a certain proximity of a human death? Because look at the the, the fucking well, Earth. I mean, the only place you could buy something haunted free is Antarctica. <laughs> I I would like billions to, and billions of people have. Died I would like everywhere. to know if I buy a house, if someone blew their brains out in the bedroom, so that way when I replace the carpet, I won't go. You What's won't that be, funny stain? Won't be so surprised. So, pr- so practical reasons. Yeah, sure. But I mean, but I think that's one of those things. It's it's you know it's not as bad as how they have to disclose a meth house, but. Well, sure, where sure. Well, where yes, that's actually damaging a toxic, to damaging you. thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I mean, I maybe it's the morbid curiosity factor of it. I mean, I would I would like to know what has happened in the house I have purchased, and I have no clue. Yeah. But then again, when I was in high school, my buddy's cousin lived in a basement where someone had hung themselves, and he had no fucking clue. But everyone else did because they all didn't want to tell him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to fuck with people sometimes and say, you know, nobody may have killed your, you know, nobody may have killed themselves in the home that you live in now, but how many people who lived there previously are dead now and yeah. that was their fucking favorite house? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> well, if you think about the Christian philosophy, I mean, how many dead children have been sprayed into the carpet in that house? Oh. How many whole... <laughs> right. 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 Why would they just be spraying it willy-nilly into the carpet? You can't control where it goes. Yes. You cannot control the flow. Here's a couple I hundred mean, thousand dead babies. Here's a couple yeah. hundred thousand dead babies. Also, willy-nilly is not a phrase you'll hear just thrown about yeah, willy-nilly. willy-nilly on this show. <laughs> <laughs> fucking another reminder that I'm older than you, you fucking bastard. Dude, that's like a prospector term. Uh, will- what do you mean older than <laughs> gold. <laughs> you don't just look all over willy-nilly. Every, you should, I'm bringing it back. Okay. I'm bringing it back. Willy-nilly's a great term. <laughs> but just I say- willy-nilly, and you kind of wave your hands in the air and shake your head like fucking willy-nilly, man. <laughs> yeah. But you don't just willy-nilly. Why? You can't just willy-nilly, willy-nilly. You can't, yeah. <laughs> not all over the carpet, man. It's not a term I use like every day or anything, but I like it. I think it, I think it's very descriptive. It's willy-nilly. Yeah. I, I would say at least in terms of a house, though, at least that's something that only affects that religious person personally. It's like when you hear about cases like the the Orthodox Jews that refuse to fly with people in airplanes, they can't yeah. fly next to women. Yeah. That's when you're actually imposing your religion upon somebody else. I don't care what any person does that's to their own detriment as far as it comes to their personal beliefs. It's just when you're trying to impose it on somebody else. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, if you if you want to retard your own advancement and, and knowledge and, you know, prospects of mm-hmm. getting a great deal on a house, fucking go ahead and do it. You can do whatever stupid shit you want. But Also... Would it be as effective if you were like a if you were a realtor and you were trying to sell a place and you were like, yeah, someone someone killed themselves in the nineties and some people have reported seeing a ghost with Jenkos and Stussy shirts and oh. hair parted down the door and never Fucking there's Jankos. no modern ghosts. There are none. It's always from the late eighteen hundreds or some, you know some what? girl fell down a well or something. It's never by twenty fifty. By twenty fifty we'll have a Jenko ghost. Oh sure. Yeah, by then. It takes a while. They got to realize they're dead, and it takes a long time for them to get their powers to fucking haunt. Did you see the movie <laughs> Ghost? 
you don't you don't see anybody in their fucking the afterlife is that bureaucratic. <laughs> oh yeah, it takes that long to get your. It took him it. a long time to figure out how to fucking make a can move in their fucking <laughs> neon neon colored '80s clothes with the peg <laughs> jeans and giant hair claw. Uh, Do you think because... Patrick Swayze is teaching people how to hug now? <laughs> <laughs> because even in the afterlife, you have to tap into your emotions to make things happen. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I suppose you have to believe. <laughs> It's faith, man. It's faith. <laughs> you got to take it on faith. So I donated $500. Oh, good for you. Well, good for you. <laughs> I think, ironically, that's much money I spent on gas in fucking Moab this week. <laughs> With the Earth Destroyer. Yeah. I, uh, driving off-road the whole week, I was getting 8 to 10 miles a gallon. Oh, jeez. I'm sure, yeah. So destroying the earth while destroying the earth. Yeah. yeah. I left some... Well... Did you teach some Boy Scouts double to damage. knock over million-year-old monuments? No. I, I felt bad cutting a tree down. <gasps> Why did you cut a tree down? Because we built a zip line and the tree was in the way. Wait, there's trees in Moab? Yeah. Well, not tree tree. It's the Moab trees. Oh, Those scrub oak. Well, you know, the whatever. ones that are like hardly ever around there at all and, and are very difficult to grow, so oh, we should yeah. cut one down. The the 200-year-old <laughs> yeah. ones takes takes them a quarter of a... Well, then when my buddy tried the zip line the first time and he didn't have the brake figured out quite yet, he almost took it right up the stump up the butt. He almost took it right... <laughs> like, I got a video of it. It's on Facebook. Yeah? Not, not yet. Yeah, it's on there. He almost took it the stump right up the butt. Oh, he almost it, took it, it the was, stump it right up bad. the butt. That makes you come out of prison homosexual. Do, do we have at yes. least one news article to hit for the night? Because we still got time left. Yeah. Yeah, we can. Actually, it's kind of oh, depressing news. Yeah. I oh. mean, we, we've uh, got yet another uh, blogger in Bangladesh who has been hacked to death. Another atheist blogger in can't Bangladesh. Can't catch these people, man? You would think so. I mean, guys do running around care? with fucking machetes and stuff in broad daylight. But it's it's not it's it's, it's not. almost allowed. I don't know if that's the right right term. Like right passively, it is. It's yeah. yeah it's not looked down upon. I mean, Bangladesh is still a very religious place. It's a a Kill lot of machetes, people. Though. I know. I think it's almost in line with the abortion doctor or with the people, the people who perform, will go and kill abortion. abortions. Yeah. Yeah. People who kill atheists, it's almost like, ah, oh, well, they kind of brought it on themselves. It's what kind of sick, twisted, blame the, backward blame the mentality? Yeah, but what kind of sick and twisted, backward fuck do you have to be to to even implicitly endorse this? Right? Oh, to to just look the other way as this kind of shit is happening. It's horrible. To to see a human being hacked to death and say, oh, well, you know, he kind of deserved it. And it's a guy that's being not just hacked to death, but targeted for his views and hacked to death. Yeah, because he doesn't share in your same fucking delusion. Yes. No, you can take a look at Nigeria and see that happening all oh, the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it happens all over the place, but you would think somewhere that has the technology available to have the internet, Yeah, this type of thing wouldn't happen nearly as often. It's kind of interesting, though. If you think, you know, around the world, you got Middle East, North Africa, East Africa... Bangladesh, uh, Myanmar, Indonesia, uh, Chechnya, Serbia. These are all countries. Yes, these are all countries <laughs> where, where there are problems. Yeah, and, and, Russia's moving strongly that way as well. Okay, but I'm just saying. They are. They're, they're regressing. Oh, yeah. But what I'm saying yeah. is now remove Islam from the earth, and all of a sudden it's fairly peaceful. All those countries I just named have problems because of Islam. 
Comparatively speaking, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, I'm, uh, I'm not saying completely. I mean, yes, Russia, and you know, I mean, but there's also the 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 Charlie Hebdo stuff and yeah. the Danish cartoons and all that. Well, and there's also there, there's also still, I mean, to this day, South a America lot of a lot that, of but, shit going on in the name of Christianity. I mean, when you know, in and well, still in third world countries, but it's you yeah. know the the Christian narrative as fed to to people uh, from people like S- Scott fucking Lively. Uh, you know, telling telling these people in third world countries that gay people right. like to eat feces and are the you poo-poo. know yeah and and are and and are evil people that you see them go oh geez well we should go out and kill all of them then right well it's 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 a relig- it's a religious violence cycle yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, because Islam's fine. We should just focus on. Fuck no, it's not. <laughs> of no, the two, just, of just, the two, Islam saying. clearly has has more people, more riled up, yes. and more dangerous, and, and inflicting more damage on people, especially at this you, point in time. I think yeah. when you talk about Islamic nations, though, not that I'm necessarily trying to defend Muslims, but I'm saying if you look at those, that are a lot more impoverished type areas that are also practicing this. Practicing this religion and committing these types of murders, so I, I would say that's consistent for all religions. It is, but I'm mm-hmm. saying, I like even in the South, I don't think they're the same level of poverty as you would see no. in some of these third world countries. So no. I think when you feel like you have so little, but Latin America is, yeah, Latin America definitely is. Because because who's the easiest to prey on? Right, the weak and the but, poor. But but yeah. I mean, but you also have you also have that like in Saudi, you know, mm-hmm. there's that. I mean, that's one of the probably the most strict. Islamic countries in the world, and there's a t- shit ton of money in that country. But it's concentrated. Yeah, similar well, to it is. Yeah, yeah. And the people that have no Saudis, no national Saudis work. All the people that are in that country that are doing the work are low-level, poor people brought in from Immigrants. other countries to do the work for them. Almost like Qatar with the slave state. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it is. It is. It's a slave state. They're, they're, they're not actually the... Citizens of that state, they have no say in what goes on in that state, but they're forced to fucking work for trillionaires driving their fucking Bugattis into the fucking like solid gold Bugattis. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they'll take it off a sand dune like, aha, I just left a two million dollar car. Isn't that a funny? Lot of, a lot of those states will have you come to their country and take your passport, and you're typically like an indentured servant. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, and and yeah, I mean, you see the you see these countries where like you said you know a lot of the time it's impoverished nations but but a lot of the time it's not either it's not you know you can look at the like the 911 uh terrorist attacks mm-hmm. right those guys weren't no weren't desert farmers or fucking goat herders i mean we're talking about doctors engineers scientists mm-hmm. people who should know fucking better but have had their religious beliefs so ingrained that it overrides any level of skepticism or rational thought that they otherwise would have about these types of acts. But I would say those those attacks are more on the line of ideology, whereas these are people just attacking people near them, like reaching out, attacking the person nearest you that seems awkward, different. Same thing that Christianity does a lot, where they always want to ostracize the person that seems different than the rest of the group. I don't know. I, yeah, well, I, I think say, this is ideologically driven. Oh, I think yeah. ideologically. I think ideology plays a part the into Bangladesh, it, but I'm I saying think, also I think poverty is a strong yeah. indicator. It's almost like that person's creating the situation that I'm in. Same way Christians feel like they're being, you know, attacked by the gay community, the LGBT community. But with the uh, the the people that were involved with the 9/11 attacks, they were in this country for 15 to 20 years to 10 years. Each of them were different. You mean George Bush? 
Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, basically assimilated into the American culture. It was an inside job. Yeah. I don't know if Texas is part of this country. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> I thought like they went through flight school in Florida and stuff. And they were they yeah. basically assimilated into the American culture to the point where if they would have chosen in the back of your mind, going these people aren't that bad. They definitely. I don't want to do this. Similar to the Boston but, Bombers, but they have that ingrained that their religious thing in the grain in their mind that they're so dedicated to it that even though they see American culture and see the way it, it is, they still have that need to want to basically kill the person they're sitting next to every fucking day for that's, twenty years. That's, and I think that's, that's an, the problem with built, with eating GMO all the time. It is. Uh, I think that's an example <laughs> of how religious rot your brain. Like religion into a young person's life early gets so deep into you that you go against your own common sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your own almost your own. Well, that, self that, be, that is your common sense. Yeah, man, if it, you know if it's that early, if you can sit there and look at a person every single day, this person brings you snacks, you talk with this person, you get to know them, and all you're thinking in your head is, "I want to kill this person. I want to kill this person. I'll be nice to their face, but I want to kill yeah. these people." That's not that big of a stretch when you consider how many grown adults still believe in Noah's Ark. Well, and, e- <laughs> well, and even then, I mean, it's it's not necessarily that they that they view everybody around them and think, you know, you're evil. I want to kill you. It's it's not just it's not just that. And in, and in fact, I think a lot of the times it's not even that. It's that they have this view that they're doing God's work and they'll be rewarded for it ultimately yeah. on the other side, right? Yeah, almost like a it's, sociopathic type. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not even that. No like, feeling about it, no hatred. Just right. It's. I mean, they could they could think you're a good person, whatever, but it doesn't matter because their religious ideology says that they will be rewarded because they're doing God's work. This is what God has commanded. They have to follow that. It doesn't matter that they even may think you're a good person and not worthy of death. Their God has commanded it, therefore they have to do it. Right. I think it's not God that they sit around. Out. It's not that they sit around thinking, "Oh, well, everybody around me is evil and 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 worthy of death." Most of the time, I would say that's not even yeah. the case. I wouldn't right? say most of the time, but I think in the Boston case, it definitely seemed like they had some pent up regression towards society in general. I will, I would put a lot of that down to teenage angst. And, uh, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of people go through transformation in that sense, but I'm saying for them being almost as American goddamn hormones, yeah. man, it makes people fucking crazy. Well, yeah. well, at that, at that young that, age, being an impressionist, I think it's almost a mix of religious and anarchist style of a basically outburst mm-hmm. to an extreme. Lack of patience, wanting to change things now. Make yeah. Well, and I think also the 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 cognitive ability is one of the last things to develop in the brain. Um, and a lot of the teenage issues are because that's not fully developed as far as I understand it. Yeah, well, as as I if I recall correctly, uh, most people don't exhibit any any real signs of schizophrenia until they're mid twenties yeah, to early thirties. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Oh, so I could still be and, fucked. <laughs> well, and that's because aren't that's you, when aren't you? You're not. You're from Wisconsin. There's a possibility. From Wisconsin. There's a possibility. I'm glad you're sitting on that side of the table, buddy. <laughs> but I, I mean, that's that's when your brain goes through its final stages of development. You know, I mean, not that you're not going to learn anything else or anything, yeah. but it's that's that's when the physical it, development. Yeah, that's when it stops its physical development. The the neuroplasticity of your brain becomes no Less longer plastic, plastic. <laughs> which I 
I can't remember if I talked about this last time I was on the show or not because I missed a week and I remember talking with someone about the guy on the bike, the backwards bike. Did I talk about that two weeks ago? The guy ago? on the backwards bike. Yes. Did I talk about that two weeks ago? I don't remember this. No. It's a really interesting thing. Sounds it's like a, a science thing. It has to do with neuroplasticity like we're talking right now. Yeah. So this guy had a, this guy is a, uh, he's a scientist. He had his engineer buddy build him a backwards bike. So the way the backwards bike works, he took the handlebars and moved them back and he put a gear on the handlebars themselves and attached to the actual fork going to the tire. So when you go to turn right, the tire actually moves left. Okay. When you go to move left, the tire actually turns right. So it's okay. backwards. It's a backwards bike. Yeah. He's thinking, it's a bike. I've ridden a bicycle since I was a kid. I'm thinking he's riding the bike around backwards, I can, but no. no. It's, the steering is opposite. The steering is opposite. Okay. So when he goes to ride it, he pedals forward, and instantly, within one foot, he's on, a, he's on the ground. He could not do it. He could not ride the bike. Mm-hmm. So this guy made a, Said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna do it. Took him eight months to figure out how to ride the backwards bike. Hmm. And he thought, I'm gonna do an experiment with my five year old child. He's been riding his normal bike for about a year. Let's see if he can ride the backwards bike. His kid learned in one week how to ride a backwards bike. Then he went over to France or Europe, someplace, and he's like, Well, there's a normal bike. Well, I'm clearly the one. kid is a genius and the dad is just stupid. Well, yeah, I was gonna say. To do with, <laughs> this has to do with neuroplasticity here. He got on a normal bike, he couldn't do it. He had trained his brain to ride a backwards bike, and he could not ride a normal bike. So he went back to his kid. His kid had no problem clicking back and forth between a, no, a normal bike and a backwards bike because his brain could, was so still learning, still taking information and keeping all the information. Well, yeah, it's, where, it's those early development years. Yeah, where his brain, once it learned one, it dub- looked like you were juggling balls. Oh, or I was juggling testicles right there. <laughs> uh, once he learned one, he forgot the other. Yeah. And then when he had to go relearn the other, he forgot the other. Where his kids, his brain was still malleable. He could learn both and retain both at the same time. Yeah. Hmm. Well, which is why I think that, you know, it's why they want children in religion early. It's why they want them isolated. It's because when it comes time for important questions in your life, you need to refer to religion first. That needs to be your first thought. What would Jesus do? What does the Bible tell me to do? Not what is my mind telling me to do? It's like training you how to think. Yeah, Tracy and I were talking last week about... uh because it was fairly recently, it was fast and testimony oh, weekend yeah. for the LDS church, right? And we were we were relating different memories that we had of going to church and stuff. And uh, neither of us ever got up at fast and testimony meeting to uh, to bear our testimony throughout growing up in the LDS church. And you know, we both we both agreed and remembered seeing you know tiny tiny little kids. Oh yeah, who would have a hard time even getting up the steps to the podium, and then standing there, and and oftentimes having to use a booster to even reach the microphone, mm-hmm. and bearing their testimony that they know the church is true. Well, ninety percent of the time, the parents are whispering in their ear. Exactly, exactly what yeah. you say. Yeah, and and you know they're they're up there. That used to bother me even when I sort of believed. Oh yeah, they're up there. You know, bearing their testimony that they know. That the church is true, and this is all just them repeating verbatim what their parents have told them. And most there's, of the time, it's "I love my mom and dad." I know Joseph Smith was a true prophet. There is the one time Smith, I went. Yeah, I know Joseph Smith was a prophet. I know the church is true, and yeah. it's just being fucking force fed to them as they're standing up there. Right. It's nothing that they actually fucking know mm-hmm. or that they believe. They don't even know. They don't even have a concept of the, knowing uh, versus belief. And all the people, and they're up there being fucking force fed this shit, and it's shameful. All the people in the congregation are turning to each other out of the mouth of babes yeah you know oh it's so true isn't that adorable yep 
But if you repeat a lie enough times, a lie becomes a truth. I remember yeah, going to a, it. like my daughter was singing there something at a <laughs> church activity and looking over to my youngest two and repeating verbatim what the kid was going to say before they even said it. Like, I like to bear my testimony. <laughs> I know the church I is true. I love my mom and dad. Yeah. At least I feel some hope I that the youngest fluffy. two are picking up on the things that I try to teach them. I don't ever come out and try to bash it directly. I yeah. tell them, mostly teach them, think for yourself. I mean, before Don't I be was a- even before I was baptized. I mean, I would see kids, you know, just a little bit younger than me going up there, and I even at that age, I was fucking disgusted that, you know, sometimes I would be upset with the kids, and looking back, it's like, well, I can't really be upset with them. They didn't fucking mm-hmm. know any better, yeah. and and in retrospect, I'm fucking disgusted. At the parents who would who would put their kids up to doing well, they, this kind of to thing. be honest, they don't know any better either. That's what I'm saying, and that's one of those things where I kind of try to have a little bit more patience because it's like, oh, well, I'm not saying a lot you need of these to be people, patient. I'm not saying that I'm, they're adults, I'm but they don't be know patient. any better. Yeah. They're adults, but they don't know <laughs> what they don't know, and that's what I try to yeah, communicate well. when I talk to adults. I'm like, you don't know what this situation is. I play uh, volleyball a lot with these Mormon guys, and last week. One of them was trying to talk to me about, oh, what do you think about what's going on in Baltimore? Don't you think it's crazy? The typical, yeah. they're burning down their own Both city. Both crazy I'm black like, people I'm are not, destroying their own city. I'm like, well, first of all, if you look at it in context, I mean, it's not like this one thing <laughs> I've already given my opinion on they this burned one. down the city. <laughs> I am not talking about the police whatsoever. <laughs> all I'm saying is it's like, you know, they want to look at things in isolated events, but don't want to look at the systematic things that lead towards these type of riots happening or dissension amongst people. And they also want to ignore the fact that the riots got shit done. The yeah. riots, the yeah. riots got national attention. It, it brought, it brought the city to a standstill. It, 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 it gave voice to so many people who had been oppressed and repressed for so long and, and led to real action. I mean, there were six officers charged with mm-hmm. crimes in the death yeah. of this guy. And even if you, I mean, even outside of that, it's like when they're talking to me about these things, I mean, these are people that for the most part have never even left this state. Probably still live within 10 miles of where they were born. Like, you have no idea what the world is outside of Utah. You're looking at everything from your particular goggles. Oh, yes, I do. I've been to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've seen Disneyland. Like, I, like, yeah, if you go for a weekend somewhere, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're the most worldly of people. Yeah. <laughs> What's the what's the like they didn't have any killings at my resort. <laughs> I, I'm 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 having the, in my head I'm having this weird mashup of like NWA lyrics and and Disneyland and thinking, you know, I done seen to the top of what the fuck Magic, Magic Mountain, Mountain, y'all. <laughs> Cause I've been to the mountain. <laughs> I'm just saying I think a lot of the times when it comes to especially it seems like it especially for religious people. But when you grow up in a community, even like with talking with uh Lucian earlier, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people don't understand what he's actually fighting for. I'm like, if this was a country 50% Muslim, 50% Christian, they would be raising all kinds of hell if they wanted to have a Muslim prayer in your school. You take Mm -hmm. a look at New York when they wanted to do, they're teaching the Pledge of Allegiance in different languages for uh, language month. And everybody raised high hell as soon as they did it in freaking Islamic. Mm -hmm. Or I even saw where the one school had uh, a voluntary burqa week. Mm Mm-hmm. Where women could wear the the, the headdress, the head, you know, the scarf, and everything. As of uh, it was optional, 
people were freaking out, like, oh, you're forcing us to live like Muslims. He's like, no, it's fucking optional. <laughs> you live in a school with a large Muslim population. Yeah, no problem dressing their children up like Indians or Hawaiians. Yes. When yeah. it comes to that burqa. Fuck that. <laughs> you're bringing Islam to America. This is America. We wear American flags on our heads. We will wear American flags for underwear, for shirts, and pants. <laughs> but we will not be wearing burqas on our kids. I'm so glad you brought up the American flag. Did you guys see where, uh, I can't remember her name, that stopped the people that were protesting burning the American flag? The uh, veteran. Yeah, the veteran that came up. He's talking about how they're, uh, you I, not I cannot disagree. remember... How they're desecrating the flag. She had posed in Playboy with the, the flag, flag draped on her ass, butt naked down her laying vagina. on the ground, <laughs> and seems to fucking ignore the fact that sure you may have you may have quote unquote fought for the freedoms of these people to 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 do whatever, but part of that is that you fought for them to be able to do that. You fought for them to ab- to be able to have the right to step all over the flag, to burn it, to piss on it, to shit on it, to do whatever the fuck they want as part no. of their free expression. No, 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 no. Ryan well, Ryan fought for them to be able to treat the flag the way that he feels it should be treated. <laughs> well, and I, and I will say, I mean, I, I semi-agree with that. I'm like, as, as a veteran, as someone who's fought, I guess. Uh, who's fought, it, I, I guess. guess. I mean, I've been to... <laughs> you were there. I've been to Afghanistan and Iraq. And shit. No, you've been to, in hairy situations. To, don't downplay it. Never had to kill it. anyone. Don't downplay it, though. But I never, I mean, it, that is their right. There is no law saying you cannot burn an American flag. There is no law saying you cannot Even protest. Even if there were a law flag. saying I thought you, you were going to go a different way with that, and I was going to get myself in trouble. Look no. good. On the no. Yeah, I saw you look at me like, oh, fuck, this might no. be bad. <laughs> but there is no law that you cannot have that flag draped over your augmented no. breast. No. Personally, I think it's a little bit of a little disgraceful to burn the flag and be stomping all over and stuff. That's my personal opinion. Like, I personally would have no fucking problem burning a Bible. Yeah. There's tons of people that want me fucking lynched for burning a fucking yeah. Bible. So yes. what, what are your problems with, with burning the flag or stepping on it or whatever? What, what logical... Reasons or arguments for for it? Do you have, or do you have any? I don't. I, I mean, bet it's just emotional. A, it, no, yeah. it's it's just a symbol. Yeah, it's a symbol of our country. Just like I would be fucking pissed at you if you shot an American eagle. Well, it's a that's a, that's a little. That's it's a, a protected step, species. It's a step a little. Yeah. It's also a symbol. It's also a living thing. Yeah, it's. But I mean, but it still represents symbolism, and it's symbolizes it commercialism nowadays. It does, but at, at the same point, shoot Santa. Uh, I don't. <laughs> by by on Christmas. By by saying your that, honor, the your honor, the podcast guy clearly said it was okay to shoot Santa. Santa. <laughs> yes, I did. But by saying that, you know, it, it, it is a symbol. The, the, the real Santa. But I, I don't have the same sentiment that the people going after them are saying that you have to be so into this country to be like, well, if you don't fucking like it, get out. It's like no. If you see a problem with the country, bring it up. Yeah. Nothing is perfect, and this country is far from fucking perfect. I'm personally kind of against the burning of anything, a Bible, a flag. I think it really just symbology. It I is think, symbology, but I think it, that you which do is why I don't give a shit. Yeah, I think that you do. I'm saying I'm against it personally for myself. I don't care what yeah. anyone else does with themselves. I think you can get further trying to be open, trying to have a conversation, open up... Some people you're yeah, just not okay. going to convince, well, but I think but I, but and I would principle. I would I would point to I would point to the riots in Baltimore and say this type of stuff is what gets attention and drives the narrative, attention. right? It it opens discussion, it opens dialogue, even if it's even if it's negative initially. It's what opens dialogue and gets people talking about I this view kind that of stuff. A, and so if yeah. I want to burn the flag, mm-hmm. if I wanna you know, if I wanna 
wipe my ass with it in public. It shouldn't fucking matter. It's a symbol. It's it's something to show my personal feelings about it. And and I you know I, I don't understand why anybody would ha- would have any problem with it. Just as I don't yeah. understand why anybody would have a problem with a sound that I make with my mouth. Right? Yeah. If I want to say shit, fuck, shit, fuck, piss, cunt, bitch, it doesn't matter. It's a sound. Yeah. It's a symbol. It's a thing. It's not. It's not part of you. I'm not harming you or anybody else by doing this. How I does it make you feel to know that I agree with you now on this point? <laughs> <laughs> I, I must view that slightly differently, though, because those people are angry with the municipality or a particular government. They're not addressing sure. their issues. By raising that, you're bringing national attention and pressure actually down onto those municipalities. Well, and I would have, bo- I would have burned a swastika flag in 30s Germany, mm-hmm. and I would have been right. Yeah. I don't even know if I would have done that, though. Me personally, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't think that you really change well, any issues by burning. What I'm you saying say is, you... what I'm saying is, yes, you're right. It's symbology, mm-hmm. and you're not actually changing anything by doing right. it. But that's you are. It's, it's, a, it's a display of disgust or disagreement with what that represents. I'm not yeah. going to be mad at you guys for doing it, so don't get me confused. There, I'm saying me no, personally, no. I wouldn't do. Yeah, that. I'm just I, saying, like the person burning the flag. I cared less about them. I thought that woman should be arrested for interrupting them. And she was. Like, hey, this yeah. is their personal property. But I'm not against the burning it. I'm just saying I'm trying to be – I guess I'm trying to come from an angle of where I want to communicate. I want to yeah. talk. I want to bring people in. Well, well and that's just it. What, I mean, a lot of the time, it that's what starts the communication. Yeah, it, it, that's what starts mm-hmm. the dialogue. Yeah, but it, it starts it off at a hard place that sometimes – But some, it still gets it started people, yes, in some cases where well, otherwise it wouldn't. Right? And a lot of times, it doesn't get to the burning of something until mm-hmm. it's already at a hard place. Yeah, yeah. but for some people, it doesn't. It just starts there. I'm just saying, like, if I'm having a problem with my well, neighbor – Well, those people, I mean, if, I, yeah. if they're already there that's and they're willing to talk – I mean – but sometimes that's how a person might view a person who wants to burn something. But I think it takes an extreme action sometimes. Yeah, yeah. sometimes it honestly does. But I'm just yeah. saying if it's a person. No, Ryan, taking the if, middle ground suddenly. If it's a- <laughs> no, I'm not the head of Tamil. No, I'm just saying if you could have a conversation with somebody, you start there. It's, they'd almost be like going over to your neighbor, doing something to shock them, and then trying to start the conversation from there. Yeah, for some people, that's right, insane. Right. I don't know what the flag burning was all about. It's probably obviously discussed with the government, which I can understand and respect. Yeah. But there's ways that you can do it without starting off on that polarizing effect, giving fuel to the Fox Newses. Well, sure there are, that, sure there are. Well, you, I mean, and, and and there are ways that you can protest in Baltimore yeah. without mm-hmm. rioting. But it's you know, it's it's yes, everything yeah, that leads up to that, and 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 then what do you do beyond what you've already done for? You know, years mm-hmm. and decades and centuries. Right. Oh, you abs- before you just fucking have enough of you absolutely right. could. I think you probably could have started with boycotts. I think the people riding weren't necessarily the people that are actually concerned about correcting the problem. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of younger people, a lot of anger and angst, and that's something that changes with age. Yeah. So I'm saying you can the riots. I've mellowed not- quite a bit in my in my. I'm not mad at them. In my senior years. I'm not mad at people for rioting. You're still young. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad at people for rioting. I'm not going to call them thugs. But I'm saying that you could probably still address that issue without the riot. The riot happened. Can't take that back, so I'm not worried about it. I'm so hesitant to... But get started on this, but... (laughs) Here's my... I I disagree. Here's my analogy. I think it was necessary. I think it's still necessary, and I think even with the riots, the 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 actually the right result won't be accomplished. I think if people could get away from their need to capitalize and consume, that boycotts could strongly affect this country. They still do, even when it comes to that's why in Canada right now they're well, trying to ban sure. Israeli talks of 
boycotts. They're trying to consider those hate crimes in Canada right now. They're looking to pass a law. Because boycotts, boycotts would be a hate to a boycott hate? Israeli groups because of their treatment of the Palestinians. What? Well, that is uh, that's, that's, that's a law. You can look it up in wow. Canada. They're doing it right now. The same around the same time they're saying we support free speech in Charlie Hebdo. That is Canada though. Yeah. They had to they had to re-release Grand Theft Auto as we're here. Really, just yeah. take it. We're really, really sorry <laughs> that people are boycotting your business, eh? We're like, we're gonna get on that right away. We're going well, to Well they called the Quakers things, eh? the Canadian Quakers a hate group. <laughs> well, how do they call Quakers a hate group? Well, Quakers because be they want to boycott. They want to boycott Israel because of the treatment of Palestinians. Quakers don't really consume anything, though, do no. they? Like, what would they Maybe boycott? Maybe they're not going to drink oatmeal. Maybe yeah. they're not going <laughs> to give them their flameless ovens anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think when it comes to protesting and try to get a message across, the guy with the soft voice isn't going to do it. Yeah, the so guy that yells in your voice is going to get more of a message. I definitely yeah. agree with that, but I think that's money exactly hurts point. everybody. I mean, it when does. it came to when it came to apartheid in South Africa. Boycott. But but the other thing we gotta look at with like well, when we're bringing up Baltimore is that for the total of what fifteen days they were protesting there was seven hours of pure chaos mm-hmm. and yeah. that's what made the news yeah. and that's what was got it, things moving but was it that seven hours of pure chaos that made them make the decision or was it the fifteen days of people standing in the streets chanting and being together and it, holding arms it probably was the fifteen days but what I'm saying is when those, did the news I, take I, note? I when did know. the news took I don't know. When, did, when did anybody know would, that anything would, really was on, going on if, if I had to wager a bet it would be the seven hours but I don't know for sure that's what got the most press yes nationally yes yeah. Yeah. but Absolutely. the fifteen days got the most press. Locally, there, I guarantee it. Well, because it went on uh, for 15 days. I don't locally, know, man. I don't know. The only other thing that I would say, I, I don't to know for sure, but but I would I would be very, I'd be willing to bet that, that that locally, the more the impact for them, I was would be seeing very the, surprised the coming together of a community for 15 days and protesting. For the third time in U.S. history, a peaceful protest actually did something. I would be super I think surprised. there always has to be some kind of a balance. I'm just saying, I think that you can affect the people a lot with the pay book. Well, of course, of course. Sure. But the problem is the people who are generally in need of the most help don't have the pay book. I know. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. So, well, and it and it depends too. It depends, and then I, I'm not saying what to type spend of... the money. I'm saying when you don't spend your money, when you're not well, using public transit, when you're look look at it's the, difficult. Yeah. It's look difficult. at look at like, but it was done. And well, it depends on the situation. When, I mean, look at Cuba. How yeah. long had sanctions against right. Cuba gone on? Right, and they're still and, doing and to okay. What, to what end? Yeah, other than other than causing suffering for. Yeah. Cuba's populace. Yeah, but Cuba. I mean, it didn't. Really... It didn't result in any. It didn't result in any change within Cuba, really. It didn't, oh, none at all. Other than you know, yeah. keeping them in the fucking fifties for the last forty years. But they still had agreements with other countries. I'm just saying. Or, yeah. Okay. So let's look at Chick Fil A. So, so let's say. And I'm let's not, say I'm not that just saying all, just Baltimore. all of the inner city urban kids in all of these. Let's not even say Baltimore in all these major cities. Let's say they now boycott and they're not going to spend their 15 cents a week at Walmart. What the fuck does that do? It will change Nothing. something. Bullshit. I promise it you it will. No. If, if all the suburban white mothers stop shopping at Walmart around the country, that would do something. I think in a way – But the quarterly. inner city urban kids – this is not – I'm not being racist. I'm just no, saying. No, that's fine. They have no other options but, and I feel but for inner them city because urbans, this is what they have to do. Inner city urban people change things with boycotting the transit system. Yes. And the thing about the transit system, they can say Fair that enough. it was about – I'm just saying it wasn't all about her – 
it was Rosa Parks getting on the bus was to anger the black people. It wasn't for the white people. It's to get them to join in the boycott. It's like they need some kind of monumental move moment in order to want to actually participate in the boycott. Well, and sometimes th- that's what it takes. I mean, America makes it, especially nowadays with all the technology, it makes you want to consume. It makes you want to be part of things. It makes you want to seem cool. You get used to the nice clothes. You get used to maybe being able to eat the foods you like. But well, and I think we're setting up a we're setting up a, a false dichotomy here, too, mm-hmm. right? Where you have to yeah. where you have to be all peaceful, all boycotting, all 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 kind and gracious and whatever, or you have to riot, and you don't. And yeah. and it's not just that you have to pick between one or the other; it's that all of those voices are valid and and mm-hmm. lead to change. You know, Dan it's it's not the lead spot on the middle ground. <laughs> it's not, well, no, it, it's not that <laughs> no, you, you're right. You're right. It's not that any one particular way influences everybody oh, universally. Everybody universally in the same way. The other thing right? I'll I mean, say about riots: I'm not angry. Like I said, I'm not angry at them for rioting. I understand where that that frustration comes from. Yeah. I've had moments like that in my life where it's like, I'd like to hit this fucker in the face and I'll <laughs> fucking show you something. But what I'm saying is, tell you. is sometimes it works to polarize the country because you yeah. have your people that are well, pretty sure. much, but you're, they're against them anyway. Yeah, I'm not saying they're I, not, I but it gives them something to point at. I think it that's a good that thing. Yeah, and and I, I agree. It, it is polarizing sometimes it gives, and it does make some people have something to point at and everything. Yeah. And then to those people who point at that and make that a polarizing issue, I say, Fuck you. I, yeah, think it, but I think that's a good thing. Fuck you for making this a polarizing issue and mm-hmm. being that fucking backward. But if you actually have that enlightened conversation with that person, that's when they're like, well, they're burning their own city. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I think but, that, that polarizing issue is a great thing because what it does is it forces people out of the middle position, mm-hmm. the people who have of their sat by zone. apathetically and done nothing about what they knew was wrong. And sat there, and it forces everyone to take a position, and it forces everyone else to either have to defend the wrong position they hold, right, which they can't do, mm-hmm. or to stand up for the position they know was right all along, and, and to that's and how, to expose what they believe, right? Well, that's, yeah. And that's how I think it's almost a religious dichotomy there, because I think they still stay pretty much apathetic. They just have something to bitch about why they stay apathetic. Yeah, Let's just say because so. so. I mean, most of the time you're hey, trying to tell them something, say. they're like, "Hey, they shouldn't burn this." <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> I was just going to bring up. There, man. I'm like, I'm trying to jump in and in and in and in. And <laughs> Sorry, ain't fucking getting Ryan. in. Yeah. Ryan's just there like, ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, and I cut you off a couple times. So I was going to bring up the boycott issue with polarizing that because when you have the boycott going on, one group will boycott it. The other group that is on the exact opposite side that wants to fucking make a thing for it will purposely give that place business and then grow their fucking grow profits for them like when everybody's boycotting Chick-fil-A their profits fucking soar because a whole bunch of other people are like well you know what all the other Fuck fucking them. I'm gonna eat there four out, times yeah. this week instead yeah, it's of two the, times this week so that I can give them more money well good let them eat it and die it's the same thing <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but that's, that's, fuck those people but that's where I, go. I hope you choke on that chicken <laughs> but that's where sometimes with the, the polarizing of a boycott it doesn't always work with some issues with, with, with commercial with some issues, issues yes because but people when it comes will to transit, purposely give business to them because well, of to be on the other side of the yeah, of but the over, issue. over time though, and, and it it's the same thing we see with rolling coal and global warming. Yeah, it's but it all settles. It, 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 but I it think we can, flows. Can we it. get the misogyny out of this? We can girl cut this stuff too. And uh, <laughs> we want to keep them around. We can, we can girl cut hate burger. And it, and it really only works <laughs> in and it really only works in first world countries, right? I mean, yes. oh yeah, absolutely. How, how are people country, in third world countries going to boycott the shit Actually, that they're not the buying time, in the first though, place? Because. Well, it depends on what the resource is because there are some things in third world country that they still rely on. I mean, that's where yeah. most of our cigarette industry is. I'm now. not going to buy the water. I need to live. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The no, water. Right. Their water is shitty anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> I'm saying, but if you look at like cigarettes, I mean, there's been uh, what 
it wasn't New Guinea, but there's some place that tried to pass a law basically boycotting cigarettes, and they sued that country. Mm-hmm. And that's mm. when you think about the the new, tobacco company sued. Yeah, the when country. you think about I, the I new remember seeing that. I think that was on Vice, even yeah, wasn't it? Was. it? Yeah. And when you think about the new TPP, yeah, that's one of those things that's taken away American sovereignty and put you in like a similar situation. There's certain things though. Regardless of the people, they're still needed to either work or to spend their money in yeah. any area that you live in. Yeah. Well, do we have a happy note to end tonight off on at all? No. No. No happy notes? <laughs> no good. Do we not have anything happy? I have peonies in the yard. You did get to speak to Lucian. Yeah. Yeah, we got to speak. Lucian. And he said he'll come back. Out. Lucian, Lucian. And he well, said he'll come back. I'm just going to call him Doug from now on because <laughs> it's it's been, I, I think, even... You know, going into the interview, I thought, okay, he's going to be representing the Satanic Temple. I'll refer to him as Lucian throughout the thing, and I fucked up like right off the bat. Oh yeah, he said, <laughs> "Hey, Doug. Hey, Doug. How you doing?" <laughs> I was like, "I thought we were referring." I thought it was going to be, "Hey, Doug. Remember me?" <laughs> <laughs> so I fucked up right off the bat, and then I thought, "Fuck." Mental note, mental note, mental note. Don't do that again. And then I, I think we got like another ten minutes into it, and immediately again, I was like, "Yeah, Delusion." Like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, but I did notice that you tried to stave off the uh, the uh, making fun of your fanboy <laughs> by cutting that off and, uh, and bringing even, that up yourself. Yeah, I fuck. I, why not, man? I, yeah. I was like, I told these guys I was drunk texting you because I did. <laughs> No, but you know what? It was awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. I do have one positive note. I think I've made it all the way through this thing. No pee break. Nice. Same here. Same here. (laughs) Me three? Mm, Four? I'm I'm saying for my third appearance, I've normally hit the restroom like three, four times by now. Yeah, well... Well, then you would almost be up with Matt. I'm pretty terrible at it. (laughs) That's all right. No, yeah, I I really, really appreciate Doug coming on the show. Uh, I look forward to having him on on the show again sometime in the near future. Yeah, when we get some developments on that Oklahoma case. Yeah, absolutely. Or Missouri, either one. Or Oklahoma. Or, I mean, they, they've, they've got a lot of irons in the fire. I love the excuse on the Oklahoma when they put the monument back up. Like, oh, this was private funds. We're not using any state funds. Yeah, yeah as if it matters because it's, it's, it's still on state you. fucking <laughs> property. <laughs> yeah, It's still on state fucking property. We didn't even talk about Weaselhoff with him either. Ah. But that's all Oklahoma right. is one of the many states that you can see regressing throughout our country. Oklahoma, the whole Kansas, Bible Belt. Oklahoma and Mississippi, Texas, I think, are probably Florida, Utah. I Utah's you know interesting to an extent, but I don't. Yeah. I think Oklahoma and Mississippi are probably the two Texas. biggest offenders. I think Utah's Texas. Really... Texas, you get weird shit coming out of Texas, yeah. but Texas isn't nearly as Overall, red as I most guess. people think. Yeah. I mean, Texas is so gerrymandered, much like Utah is that that it appears a lot more red than it is. But you still have. You, have you know Austin. places like Dallas and Austin, and, and yeah, I really, was really surprised to find out that Dallas was not a Republican city. Yeah, Austin's no, it, pretty it's, much Democratic. I mean, it's yeah, basically is, yeah. basically almost anywhere you go where you have urban developments, it's not fucking red. It's it's, it's the yeah. rural, uneducated, backwater, fucking ignorant places that you have a lot more red showing up, and and that's where gerrymandering comes into play. Yeah. God grits and guns. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes. yeah. Fucking yeah. You, you get Mike Fuckaby out there saying a bunch of dumb shit. 
So that just reminds all Can of our that listeners. Can guy get any more fucking ignorant yes. and just backward? I would, yeah, and, but you know, he has really taken a decline over the last 10 years, though. At You know, at one point, I there there was a point in time where I would have voted for John McCain and or yeah, Mike Huckabee. Too. That was pre-Bush. <laughs> yeah, it I was. I remember. It was pre-Bush. <laughs> okay, so yeah, more than 10 years, 20 years. Yeah. But Mike Huckabee has taken like a hard, hard, hard fucking turn to the oh, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, at least from everything I've seen. But then, but then, oh, yeah, he steered his into recent that appearance. Steer. His recent appearance on fucking Real Time with Bill Maher. Yeah, I had was... I had to stop and rethink my whole view on him because Bill Maher had him on the show and was just like, "So how you doing? Or how you holding up yeah, to the that's pressure, what I'm Mike? Saying, softball, yeah. like." You seem you look good. How's everything going? Between, he didn't ask him about any of the fucking asshole things he's been doing or saying yeah, lately, right? But you know, and so then I had to rethink and 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 actually question myself and go, okay, so my previous views of Mike Huckabee was it because I'd seen him on shit like Real Time before, where they weren't asking him any real fucking questions? Oh, I see. And they just let him come on there and look like. You know, the young grandfather that I remember as a kid mm. and, and Mr. Nice Guy and he's jolly and happy because they weren't fucking asking him about any of the shithead fucking yeah. things that he's actually I'm, I'm done. I'm not the biggest fan of Bill Maher. I'm not either. I, I, mean, I like there Bill was a Maher, time, but there's been time. Well, yeah. the thing is, I like I Bill know. Maher, but he's a panel. It's not like yeah. Bill Maher. Did you I say like, pansy? He's a panel. Pansy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the people that he gets on. He gets interesting people. Oh, I have Sam Harris on. Oh, I have yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson on. Yeah, well, he gets okay, educated so, people to yeah, speak right. on the when, subject. When he's, when, he's got some, when he's got someone who's got a well-thought-out position and, mm-hmm. a t- and a tough stance like Sam Harris, he's happy to stand over there behind the walls. Yeah, yeah, get him, Sam. You know, But when, yeah. when he's on his own, he's a fucking asshole. I was going to say pussy, but I don't. He, be, but I mean, he's the biggest. Chicken and he says shit. so many backwards, stupid, ridiculous yeah, bullshit. I, I, I'm just not too, a big fan. There, there are a lot of things that I like about Bill Maher, and there are a lot of things that he says that I like, and I think he's funny occasionally. But lately, His I just stand-up's not great. No, no. And he's, lately, he's, I have more, a really hard fucking time watching him because I, he's turned well, into after such that a Judith Miller fucking pussy that on things. One freaking made me sick. He's Which more one? that Judith Miller, the one, the New York Times writer that. Pretty much, Dick Cheney would feed her a story. She'd repeat it, then he'd quote that story as the yeah. reason for needing to go to war. Well, she tried to make it out like she's a victim. Yeah, like, oh, well, I wasn't the only one doing it, and Bill Maher's softballing her left and right. I'm like, I wasn't the only one doing. Well, that excuses it all, (laughs) sweetheart. Come here, give us a kiss. Like, I think you were the only one getting direct leads and being quoted directly. He's he's just he's he's more that Disney atheism that I'm not into. That G-rated soft. You know, he gets I, extreme uh, on some things. I don't know. Well, he gets extreme on anti-vax, you know, and then backs out of that. And he, then, you he know, takes I, I just don't. It's just that he. It's just that he's he he's like he's like a fucking seesaw. You know, there's some things that right. he's that mm-hmm. he's hardline on, and some things he's not. And well, he's some things he'll choose to question about, and some things he won't. And then he'll fucking criticize people for you know, atheisting wrong, or I, I watched an episode where at the end of it, it was all, I mean, you could have been fucking Pat Robertson sitting there and saying mm-hmm. some of the stupid shit he was saying, where, you know, I see people doing this, and I, I, see, I see liberals doing this, and I see liberals doing that, and you're just harming liberal causes. And I was like, say, fuck you, Bill, who the, fuck, who the fuck do you think you are that you are the liberal Fucking spokesperson. I kind of like the Bill Maher show more than I like Bill Maher. Is the way I'd put it. Yeah, mm. yeah. There, there I'm are a whole lot of dumb fucking things that spill out of his suck hole. Yeah, that 
it it's it's getting harder and harder for me to watch a show lately and in fact I it think I have like, like I think I have like 6 or 7 episodes of real time saved up because I just I haven't been excited to watch it anymore because it just sometimes it's fucking painful to have to watch it and and try to pick through these mounds of shit for the tiny little diamonds that'll mm-hmm. spill out occasionally lately well, well I, th- I think Bill Mark would be a whole episode but Tonight we're about we're about out of time. Shut, <laughs> shutting down by the middle of the rotor. Ooh, I'm I'm just trying to keep us on right a, a, a similar time, time chain, a similar time schedule. Got the time and smack. Wait, I, are, tr- are we counting? Are we yes. including all of the time oh, that yeah. we have to fucking? I've given cut us an extra for... half hour on the clock. Yeah. All right. Uh. Daddy has spoken. I feel like we were just hitting our stride <laughs> and ranting really well. So I was like, I'm like, we could easily make a four hour show just flowing. <laughs> But uh, do we we do have a song to play out on tonight? Do we or do we not? Oh, we've always well, got Dan something to close out on. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. We'd like to thank our very very special guest, Mr. Doug Mesner, aka Is he very very special Lucian Greaves. I think he's, he's very very, very special. special. He said you'd come back. One too many specials. Yeah, I think it's one too many specials. <laughs> we'll have him. <laughs> we'll have him on again. I'm sure. Uh, next week we will have Mr. Joey Lee Kirkman on the show. He's the author of Bedtime Bible Stories and the soon to be released PR Pope. Oh yeah, which nice. I'm very much looking forward yes, to. Joey awesome. is also an awesome guy. I, I have his book. Yes, I I have it too. I also have some autographed uh, original little sketches. That I I, I almost bought his autograph book, but it was like, oh, I gotta wait two more weeks to get the autograph one. <laughs> <laughs> Joey's a great, great guy. I really look forward to having him on the show next week. So be sure to tune in next week to catch all of that happy action, everybody. Uh, until then, happy trails and enjoy the rest of your time without us. Happy trails. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, Jesus. Oakley Doakley. Woohoo, gold. And thank you very much for coming on Bringing tonight. Bring back all the prospector terms. <laughs> God damn Eureka. it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Just remember, as always, you can find us at Gobbles Revolution at gmail.com, Facebook, and Twitter. I've got wheels of polished steel. I've got tires that grab the road. I've got seats that selflessly hold my friends and a trunk that can carry the heaviest of loads. I've got a mind that can steal you to your house And a heart that can bring you red flowers My intentions are good and earnest and true But under my hood is internal combustion power Satan is my can stop this car at any time At the very last second I can change directions Turn completely around If I feel so inclined I've got a mind